Hello and welcome to The Stream, a podcast where we talk about movies. Merry Christmas! My name is Giancarlo Altuve and joining me as always, it's Nana Zamora! Was that in Daddy Blake? Not much, man. How you doing? I am feeling jolly. I am too. It's Christmas Day, baby! Oh yeah! And we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is going to be our end of the year episode. We're blowing it out. We got a lot to talk about. End of the decade. Don't tell me who I'm blowing. <laughs> I won't. Because <laughs> that's your own business. Yeah, and I respect you as a person. Thank you. Uh, which is, you know, not, I can't say that for most people. All I want for Christmas <laughs> is the respect of John. Thank you, Nader. Well, you have it. Uh, so today, we're doing a bunch of different stuff today. We're going to do our top five movies of the current year, 2019. Card subject to change. We're going to do our review of the Santa Claus, which is available on Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. And then we are going to... on the side. <laughs> that's right. And we are going to blow it out. Our best of the decade. Uh, we are doing... How do you want to word this, Nader? The starting five of 2019. Right. We're going to have a a roster. Wait, no, I just said it wrong. The starting five of the 2010s. Uh, We have a roster. Starting five of the 10s. The 10s. The dozens, the 10s. That's right. The 10s. I'm calling it the 10s. (laughs) Yeah, great. Well, as confusing as that is, we're going to get into things. Um, I think uh, we started off with our our top five of the year, Uh 2019. Uh, We are recording this uh, a little bit before the end of the year. I would say that my list is 95% certain the way it is. is still the unseen movie for the both of us. That's, I haven't seen Ford vs. Ferrari either. Those are the two that I need to see. Well, spoiler alert, not in my top five. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, 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 there's only, I think 1970 is the only movie that I haven't seen that has a chance of breaking in. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I I, I can't I'm wait set. to hate uh, Little Women. It's going to be great. Um, I, It's not for us. We're not the target audience. No, no, no. No, it is. I, I reject that because Lady Bird was for me. And the second time I saw it, I was like, oh, you know what? Never mind. Uh, I think Little Women is a classical piece of literature. That that trailer is good, though. That second the trailer, trailer is, good. is pretty emotional. I liked it. Well, uh, let's get uh, into our list. Uh, Nader, you're yeah. number five for 2019. My number five for 2019 is the second Jordan Peele movie, Us. Uh, ah. This was a close one for me between us and Waves, the Trey over Schultz vehicle. Right. Uh, the only reason I went with us over it is uh, no no real lulls in us. And there is a huge lull in the form of Lucas Hedges' dad in Waves uh, in that movie that really slows it down. But us, okay. is, us is very, very consistent all the way through. Um, I, had th- the... I wish that Lucas Hedges could get more work. <laughs> Yeah, if only he had like a bulletproof resume or something like that. That'd be crazy. Um, I wish I wish Adam Driver would work with good directors. Oh, jeez, yeah. uh, that'd be but nice. But no, so us, us is fantastic. It's very, very original. I do not like horror movies at all, but Me either, I yeah. loved us. I was very taken aback with uh, a lot of the like the the the, the small stuff with like Yahya Abdul Mateen's kind of dad character, and obviously all the He's mirror great. stuff is great. Um, but it's it's not it's not. I don't think it's as original as we kind of think it is. It's just really good. It's not just like. The breakthrough perf- the way Get Out was, but it's, it's a really good version of what it is trying to do. The performances are fantastic. And Lupita, oh, Lupita's the best performance of the year. L- Lupita's performance in that movie yet. is mind-blowing. Yeah. And it's better vo- on... I think her voice work alone is incredible. Like I, 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 When I left the theater, I was I was like shocked at how good she was. Yeah. And it has my... um, In terms of like movie moments of the year, I don't think anything will top uh, uh, Captain America holding Thor's hammer. Oh! <gasps> And, uh, but second, the second, the, the second best, uh, movie moment for me of the year was definitely the scene inside Tim Heidecker's house of us. Yes. That is, that is, that is crazy stuff. Um, in the best possible way. Uh, I was, I was, woo, loving that. I like to see Elizabeth Smart in more stuff. She's, uh, she's been good in a couple movies. I've you seen said Elizabeth Smart. You mean 
Moth? What's her name? Elizabeth Moth. Okay. Yes. Moths. I can't say that name, apparently. Dirty Birds. Number five for me oh. is Jojo Rabbit. Okay. I know that you're not as big a fan of this movie as I am. I, I hold this movie to the standard of um, one of the, the best working filmmakers, and it does not hold up to that standard for me. That's, my, that's my issue. Um, I think it's at the top of the game. This is not top of the game stuff for me. I disagree. I think this is a... It's not his best movie by far, but I think that um, it's it's like... I don't know. There's like a long tradition of uh, Jewish filmmakers making some kind of Nazi thing or just throwing in like Nazi stuff in it. And, is uh, he Jewish? He's Jewish. Okay. And uh, um, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I, 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 the satire in it is fantastic. Uh, the performance from the uh, the kids are great. All three of the, like the three main kids, you know, Jojo, his friend, and the uh, the the girl that's being hid. I think. Sc- the, I mean, the whole cast. I would say it's not. It's not. I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. But like, we're child actors. It's so For hit sure. or miss. I mean, and, but he. That's that's maybe he's maybe doing that better than anyone else. These days. He yes, he gets the most out of children. Like Hunt for the Willow People, people and boy, like. Fantastic stuff. So I, I mean, I love Taiga, and maybe I'm a little biased in that, and I maybe rated higher than I would in, if it was a different director. No, I, I find it. This is actually one of the most interesting differences me and you have um, on a on a movie on a filmmaker that we both like this. Yeah, year. I don't know that there's another one like this for 2019. Probably not. But yeah, I think uh, I think Jojo Rabbit's fantastic film. I think everyone should go out and see it for sure. All right, what do you got for number four? Number four, you know what it is. I think I'm gonna get some flack for having this this high. Um, okay. The Parasite. Oh. I, I don't know if there's anything that anyone hasn't already said about Parasite. I have no intention of even getting close to the plot of Parasite because cannot I cannot talk I, about I, the plot. It's it's very sacred to me. Um even even like some of the comedy is like brilliant, I would say. It has the I remember when it was coming out, I was like, I love this is this is my kind of filmmaker. He's he sure. he has a Steven Soderbergh almost like sensibility about how he's not afraid of any genre, he's not afraid of any yeah. kind of cast language barrier, forget all that. And I forget that uh, his sense of humor is up there with the best of them. People, people don't really yeah. love Okja, but Okja is, is very funny in moments, too. And this movie has a lot of crazy good, like, not, I don't want to say, like, Apatowian or, like, Wolfram, none, none of that kind of stuff. But it has, it has some really good kind of basic American humor baked into a thrilling plot. Yeah. And uh, so if you guys don't know, Bong Joon-ho is the director of this movie. He's done... A wide variety of movies, uh, including like Memories, uh, Memories of Murder, The Host, Snowpiercer, Okja. Uh, but this movie is, it's it, from start to finish. I was just like shocked at how how impressive it was. I don't really want to say anything because it really is a movie that rewards you from seeing it because uh, everything pays off and it's just. Uh, with, with more perspective, Fantastic. if we're still doing this podcast in a decade, I'd be curious to see how we uh, how that fares up against the foreign films of the 2010s because uh we would spoiler for our, our later list we were thinking about doing a best foreign, foreign, film, yeah. foreign film, uh, film category and uh and we and we didn't but i wonder i, th- I mean i think i think hi i think i think hi yeah i think it will we're talking like like three right um like top three i mean yes yeah all right uh my hit me number four uh-huh. is once upon a time in hollywood mm. now we were talking off air about how we actually have not seen a lot of the movies on this particular list. Correct. Twice. Yes. Uh, because it's, it's so it's so early, obviously. We, we still have a couple more movies to see, in fact. Um, this is a movie I have seen twice. The second time I saw this movie, I was very, very disappointed. Okay. Yeah. Um, I heard there's an extended cut of the original. It is, correct. And I can't wait to watch it. I love I, this movie. Me, the performances no, are fantastic. And you and I, the first time I saw it, after it, it was over, I was like... I, I got, I got 20 more minutes left in me. I got, yeah, absolutely. I, I can hang out with Margo and, and Leo in a house. They haven't really had any scenes together, so I, I, I watched this. I could have hung um, out with that movie I'm not forever. mad about that. Um, 
But continue. Let me, I'd love to want you to say oh, love I mean, before I come in with the low blows. Uh, I mean, for me, like, um, I just, I love the 60s era Hollywood. I love that stuff. Uh, and this was like, a 69 was like a very pitiful year in terms of the, the change. And like the, the amount of detail that uh, Tarantino went into to make it the world so... I mean, it's it's obviously like it's half true, half not true, or maybe even more. It may be like seventy five percent like real events, like the movies he names in the uh, the TV shows, the movies. They're all real. They're just like changing certain details. The way they integrated into like the Great Escape or the uh, the spaghetti westerns that uh, like Rick Dalton's character is doing. All these little details. I go watch hours of that. It's, that, that. That stuff I love. I, I absolutely love it. Like honestly, like the ending is like whatever. It's a very Tarantino esque ending. You don't like the ending? No, no, no. I loved the ending. I'm oh. just saying. Even if you took that out of it, I would still sure. absolutely love this movie. Sure. And like because I know the real story, what happened to Sharon Tate, the when you're going through the times and the build up to that ending climactic scene, I I was so tense and great. I mean, it was one of my favorite film experiences of the year. Let, let me ask you a question about this yes, because please. as you were talking, um, as, as I said, I have my my reservations about this movie, but. This is a very interesting best picture year to me because now that we actually have gotten to the end of the line and outside of 1917, as we keep bemoaning, we've seen everything. I'm wondering if the ending of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to hold it back from being being the front runner. Because the more I'm thinking about it, I think there's a chance that it actually is the front runner, which is super rare for a movie that comes out in August. But uh, now that we've seen everything, it's, it's, it's one of the only movies... And and uh, Parasite is the other one, but it's going. Parasite is going to win a different category, so it's it, this. That's not that's not in void. But um, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the only American language movie I have seen on every single person's uh, top ten list and high in said list. Sure. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe that ending is gonna right. It, it could cost it. Something. I think that the ending would probably cause it from winning. Are we assuming it's between like that Marriage Story, Irishman, and maybe something else that we're not thinking of? Probably. Um. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't. I really don't know the answer to that. It's kind of weird because you see, like the narratives will play out, uh, especially after the Globes. But um, I don't know. This is a weird award season, also because it's very truncated as opposed to last year's Globes past. was a rare exception to where the, the the top awards match exactly to the Oscars too, which is which was the worst year for that to happen. Everything but, um, except for uh, Best Actress, basically. Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, because um, Olivia Coleman won the Oscar while uh, uh, what's her name, um, Glenn Close won literally everything else. Yes. Uh-huh. So it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. What do you got for number three? Number three, I got a movie that I could talk about oh. all day long, and 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 the uh, let me see, is that yeah the only movie on on my list on my list that I have seen twice, which is High Flying Bird. Yes. First of all, filmed on an iPhone. I, I me me and John have talked about doing a uh, Steven Soderbergh deep dive. At this point, I've just been doing the deep dive every single week by, by bringing him up. This we this, need like three hours. I mean, the, let's talk about the Nick baby. I can. I honestly cannot wait to sit down and have a double feature with my 15-year-old son of High Flying Bird and Uncut Gems and 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 then afterwards decide if I'll still love him. Because if he doesn't like these movies, then it's, it's over. Well, he'll be dead to you, that's for sure. Um, as many people have talked about, this is a movie incepted out of the mind of people between the ages of 20 and 45, basically. Um, High Flying Bird is a NBA business uh, paperwork thriller, so yep. to speak. Um and uh, it has one of my favorite lead performances. Andre Holland's fantastic, in this and it has and it has maybe my favorite, uh, or not not favorite, but it has it has one of my favorite uh, just top to bottom filmmaking styles of the year. 
Uh, what Steven Soderbergh is doing, forget what he's doing with an iPhone. What he's doing, what the he's, angles he gets, though, and the angles, what he's achieving with light is ridiculous. What yeah, people, what people don't appreciate about uh, good lighting is that good lighting isn't necessarily there to make things bright. Good lighting on a camera lens fills in grainy spots. It fills in things that are actually distorted, not not dark, but things that are literally blurry yeah. because there's not a lot of light on them. And what he achieves on an iPhone doing that is it blows my mind. Even some of the stuff with um. Uh, what's what's Twin Peaks boy in the David Lynch? Yeah, with <laughs> with the red lamp inside the uh, the sauna um, is just just brilliant stuff. I, I love me some high flying bird, and we don't have enough basketball movies anymore. They don't make a lot of basketball movies anymore. What's last good football movie too? Uh, any given Sunday. Um, yeah. Draft day? Does draft day count as a football movie? <laughs> I don't know. When was the last good sports movie, man? I got nothing. Uh, number three for me. <laughs> <laughs> Number three for me is uh, Lulu Wong's directorial debut for The Farewell. I saw this movie two days ago for the first time. What'd you think? I, when it's, 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 uh, it's very rare that people say something like, I was in tears at the end of this movie and I have no idea what they're talking about. That, that was, that was something special. That was something genuinely special. The, the, the end reveal, whatever you want to call it. Of, yeah. Of The Farewell. That, that is, that was, that was something I've, I've never ever experienced in, Really, any art form. I don't know. That was that was that was that was, that was something very close to my heart. Um, this movie, you you again, you All come right. in with the good because I'm gonna so, come. I got. My let problems. me tell you. So, um, and again, I may be biased on this because of my current situation, but I have a 96 year old grandmother who's getting towards the end of her life, and uh, I mean, she's you know she's still there and uh, cognizant and everything, but she's been on a pretty steep decline over the last couple of years. Now she needs to use a walker where she never had to before. And she's very, she lost a lot of weight. She's a lot smaller. And I, I've watched a lot of life come out of her in the last couple of years. So going into this movie, I was like, I may not be able to sit through this whole thing. I was really concerned, but, um, I related to all the different family elements, um, especially with the two languages. I come from a family that uh, there's times where I'm at a dinner and no English is spoken. And uh, so uh, there's a lot of like themes and stuff like that with family and um, with so separate original. generations. It's so incredible. Well, I mean, the screenplay. If this doesn't win the original screenplay, get the fuck out of here. So get the there's, fuck there's controversy that this is going to be up for adapted screenplay, not original screenplay, because they're saying the movie's adapted from her telling this story on Radio Lab. I'm sorry, on This American Life. Isn't that up to her to decide? It's her. It's oh, her isn't, life. Isn't No, but I'm saying like No. When the, you it's explain the Oscars this are saying them. whether they uh, where, where they where it qualifies for either one. No, but I'm saying like isn't it up to the Oscars to be like, "Hey, did you make this from your own life or from this radio interview which no one has ever done well, <laughs> It's not like they have a questionnaire. They decide on their own. No, I know I, I know they do, but I'm saying like if they're just if Lulu Wong is just like just makes an Instagram video where she's like that's not true. Like, that wouldn't, that wouldn't change anyone's mind. I don't know what they do with the, that academy over there. I follow the academy on Instagram from the stream pod. Maybe I shouldn't follow them if they keep fucking up like this. Right. They gotta go. <laughs> yeah, let's get rid of the academy. <laughs> this movie, this is my problem with the movie. Uh, you hate Chinese people. No, no, no. <laughs> you love Chinese people? <laughs> um, the My, my only problem with this movie is just um, the... the the, clo- the 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 same thing you have with it um, yeah. hits me in a in another way too, which is like it, it's a little too close home for me because we as a uh, Ethiopian family on one side and a Black American family on the other side, I right. have I have experiences in my life where 
we've done exactly that to where we've had it's been our family's decision to just not tell someone that was like very close in their life just that's not crazy that. and the opposite side of my american side we've had people that have just gotten cancer and have just not told anyone period paragraph i've had um, that so, happen to so me. that to me it was it was yeah. it was super super hard to watch um, yeah. um from that perspective but uh the what what do you think about the 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 arcs in this movie like the 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 beginning middle and end like what do you think of when you think of that movie because I actually was having a hard time discerning the second and third act um in terms of like climax well I mean in relation to the end oh, specifically I, mean, I would say the third act is the wedding to the end right yes mm-hmm. the first act is everything that happens before she gets to China. Second act is the everything setting up everything from when they first get there to the. So is, is her emotional climax as a character um, when she's like sitting cross legged talking to her mom, breaking down about how the yeah that's that's her emotional climax. Okay, I was just that was scene just, is fantastic. There was just something, and again, I told you, I literally think this should be in the which should be, but I was just having a hard time really um, yeah wrapping my mind around that the, the second and third act coming together. That's all. Love love the movie. Love I, the movie. Love I, the performances. There's just I just think that that's a fair criticism. Okay, um, similar to Black Landsman, actually. Yeah, there's a lot of people say those movies are very similar. Uh, <laughs> well, a lot of people say that Aquafina is the uh, Chinese version of John David Washington. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to go with she that. She also keeps saying that her Chinese is very bad, and I was like, "You sure? <laughs> Sounds pretty good so, to me." I can't. I can't differentiate it. I no. I, no. 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 no obviously, also, I can't it, just, it sounds good to me. Is Aquafina Chinese or is she um, of a different ethnicity? I thought she. I, I believe she's Chinese. Is she okay? I believe so. Well, let's, I don't know. No, I don't know. No. Of course. You're number, what are we up to? Two? two. Number two. What do you got? This is a movie I'm really proud of liking. I okay. gotta say. The way that <laughs> proud. people... Proud. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Pat no. yourself on the back. <laughs> no, John. First of all, if you haven't heard, I'm making fun of that. But no, I love when people put some like twisty fucking thing on the list to be like, obviously, obviously... 21 Bridges. Toy Story 4 is the best movie. <laughs> exactly, yeah. 21 Bridges is, though. Get the fuck out of here. Um, The King. Timothy Chalamet oh, in The King. Yeah, you've been telling me to watch this. I'm, this is my Braveheart. I've told you, this is my Braveheart. I only saw Braveheart once, was not into it. Braveheart's I got, not good. Good, <laughs> fine, whatever. But I got what people get uh, out of Braveheart from this. I love, I really love this entire movie. There's no part about it that I don't like. I just saw Animal Kingdom uh, for the first time. Oh, David okay. Michaud's uh, rich movie that he yes. also wrote uh, with Joel Edgerton, although he's uncredited in this incident. Your um, boy. Dude, The King. Well, when you see The King, you will understand that The okay. King, first of all, is not boring, has no slow parts, there's no unnecessarily, like, dumb romance, romance plot, or, like, they, there's no there's no fucking frills on this script, and it's cool. It we've is, talked it's about so this. You're a Chalamaniac. Cool. Uh, well, that depends. <laughs> I'm not a Call Me By Your Name-iac. That movie is, I didn't like it. <laughs> For real? Call Me By Your Name? Yeah. Can we yeah. be on this together? Yeah, that's what I'm I know, doing. I thought, it, I thought it was okay. Only maybe, seen it once. Maybe, I'm open to changing my mind, but I, did, I was not into it. I said maybe maybe if I was gay, it would mean more to me. I just I didn't connect with the think? movie. No, I don't think that matters. I at all. honestly didn't connect with the movie in any way. I thought Timothy Chalamet's character was what super f- obnoxious. Let's not talk about that right now. Okay, the King. Like, okay. <laughs> Tell me what you think about the King. I, I I really really do love the King. I hope that uh uh he will be recognized for this, but there's just there's just no chance. There's no chance. It's, already, it's over. It's over. He's, he's coming on. Well, but also I, I, I don't think it was up in theaters, so I don't think it would be eligible either. It wasn't theaters. It oh, was, was in theaters. Yes. Sneaky. For, for, for days, two not even a week. Yeah. They need, well, they need uh, two weeks or else it won't qualify for the Oscars. Oh, oh does it? Oh, then, then I'm Literally sure two weeks in one days. theater. Okay. Um, King is great. I'll leave it right, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. My, we're up to two? Well, you're, you're on two, yeah. Okay. My number two is uh, Pain and Glory, which is I can't wait to see this Pedro Almodovar's oh. movie 
with Antonio Banderas, whose performance is he's basically playing Pedro Almodomar. Ugh. I don't want to say anything about it. Oh yeah, please don't spoil. I'm so um, excited to see this. Movie. There's something that happens early in this movie that I was like, oh, that's what this movie's gonna be doing. Hmm. Okay, didn't see that coming. Um, I uh, his use of uh, color is always just fantastic. It's um, it takes place. Have you his, seen the skin I live in? No, I haven't actually. Uh, but every Pedro Almodovar movie I've seen, I've really enjoyed. I think he's he's one of the best working uh, filmmakers, uh, especially. Um, he's getting underrated at this point. He is underrated because a lot of people him. don't know who he is because he hasn't really done a lot of American movies. Dude, Antonio Banderas' career His, is one of the most complicated things I can ever. It is. It's very. It's very rare that you find someone with like black and white. Uh, like career like cats basically and he is just so firmly one of the best Spanish actors if not the best Spanish actor writ large and and there is there's 15 years in America where he's making the the dumbest movies you can think of there's a uh, there's a monologue in this movie um, that was like it it shook me there's a couple scenes with just Antonio Banderas just like going through his life. He's a guy who's got a lot of injuries and stuff. What's where the don't, pain comes don't from? Don't answer this question, but the reason I'm excited to see this movie is because I feel like uh, if... if at I don't its, want to look at you. At its, at its best... Uh, it, it, sorry, my, my hope for this movie is that it is a way for uh, uh, Antonio Banderas to reckon with exactly what I just described. But okay. um, but Pedro does not have those those pe- those valleys in his career. So I guess, so I guess it won't be. Well, this, this movie is... Basically, the story of Pedro Almodovar. That no, that's that's objectively. I'm okay. just talking about I'm the, the way uh, Antonio takes the performance because and that's another thing. We, people don't appreciate how hard it is to act um, in in when English is not your language, and moreover, people don't give you the credit you deserve as to how good you are when you are in your native tongue. And, and Antonio Barrios is one of those guys. He he just transforms. He's a completely different person when he's speaking in Spanish. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And um, you see him, you never really see him like, like, he's like disheveled jumps. at points and he's doing uh, a lot of different things that it's, it's super impressive. Uh, there's some stuff with like his relationship with his mom in this movie that's really interesting and a lot of the family tones and like rooking back your life and your legacy and all this stuff. And um, I, I, I was really moved by this. I was crying like a baby when I left the theater. I, I really enjoyed it. So um, that's Boy's my number hand. two. Yeah. Boy's hand. That's right. <sighs> number one. My number one... 2019. The, my number one movie of 2019 is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Boom! Have you seen this movie, John? I have seen it. Thought in theaters. Um, this uh, is another one like uh, The Farewell, um, but just creepily specific. Um, sure. When, uh, when I was super, super young, we were like a middle-class family, um, and then there was a time when I was like, basically all of middle school and high school, um, my, my family was living very, very well. We had everything in the world, and then all of a sudden, uh, my dad oh, got God. very, very sick and uh, lost all of his money and everything, and then we just like were dead, dead broke like right away. Wow. And my and my mom was like, she's from South Philly. She has, she's, she's definitely like, she raised me the right way, so I wasn't like worried about like, money or anything like that, but she would, like, she would legit come back to our old family home and like say hi to the people, and she has this. Vi- she has this. Su- I, I, obviously, we all love our moms. But she has this very healthy relationship wow. with losing her house, and like how she still loves the people that live in it, and she's not like she's not like worried about the money thing, and she's like happy to live by herself and all this kind of stuff. So, Last Black Man in San Francisco is a movie about a. Yeah, uh, please a, explain it because I think this is a movie that most people haven't heard of. So yeah, this this is a movie that is about uh, the gentrification of San Francisco and specifically how a, a young black man from San Francisco loses his family home and him gripping with what that means when someone else takes over the place that he is from. And the end of the movie is a complete deconstruction of that last sentence. Yeah, and it um it, they show the relationship between this uh 
group of friends. There's a Danny Glover has like a really small but uh, really interesting performance in this. Uh, but um, one of the I believe uh, the guy who does who writes the play. What's his name? The, he's the he's one of the co-writers. Uh, J- I mean, Jimmy Fails wrote. The, yeah, Jim, the, 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 well, main, Jimmy, the star of the movie is the writer of the movie, and it's about. Yeah, he life. wrote it. Right. Yeah. Um, but he, he, but he co-wrote it. I thought with uh, with the director. With yeah. the director. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that guy's performance was uh, believable. Jimmy fails. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and people, people love to give uh, Jonathan Majors his props, which he is due. He's don't, great. Don't give me that. But yeah, I, I too was was enthralled with the Jimmy fails character. But when he's like skateboarding down that like hill, I'm just like, yo, that's like that's do you, dangerous. Do you watch bro. Euphoria? I have not seen Euphoria. Have you seen Assassination Nation? I don't know what that is. Doesn't matter. Um, same same film. Like <laughs> um. The the cinematography that people get out of those shows is how I feel about uh, Last Bike. I I really do feel this is very um, and I don't mean to sound like a, a pretentious piece of shit, but this is very like post Wes Anderson. It's very like this You're is saying a guy, this is PWA. This is PWA because this is a guy that has learned from the people that learned from Scorsese. And obviously, everything goes back in lineage, but this this is that this is that camera movement meets someone who has their own originality of storytelling and cinematography and everything. Where the, I mean, the way that camera moves linearly and just fa- like fast fast trackings like yes. like lightning fast trackings um is is something I, I don't know that i've seen before it's also uh surprisingly funny at points oh hell yeah i mean it might have the, the greatest celebrity of all time maybe maybe we need to start awarding a category called the mike epps award uh fun fact about mike epps he's not related to omar epps so your your greatest <laughs> fail as a white person your single greatest mistake i just I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't think they were actually related i just thought it was odd because that we were doing uncommon last name. Back. It is. How many apps do you know? Two. This th- don't NATO Jacobs me. Don't NATO Jacobs <laughs> me. Know, out I, don't, of time. I don't. I don't talk about people behind their back. You know that. Um, <laughs> which is all the show is. But um, story about me. <laughs> I listened to that song today. It's great. I love Head of State. <laughs> uh, miss you, Nate Dog. And Doug's up top. Uh, but no, uh, I've, yeah, Last Black Man in, in San Francisco, it's only really available, I think, to buy right now or rent, which is kind of a shame. I hope that a streaming service will pick it up because it needs, it should get its post. Oh, no, it's, it's no, fantastic. Oh, oh, no, no, you're tripping. It's, it's streaming on uh, Amazon Prime right now. Oh, folks, get on Amazon Prime and watch that. Let Wait. me let me ask you one specific question about this movie. No. Um, the, <laughs> so the ending. Yes. How do you feel about the, how, how do you feel about it, A, and uh, B, what what chance do you think uh, this movie has of either getting a bigger audience or any kind of awards? I think it has zero chance of winning any awards. For sure. Um, bigger audience. I think this is a movie over time because I feel that um, uh, Jimmy, I worry Jimmy Fels. Gonna get stuck. This is playing right? B too. What's up? This is, this is Brad Pitt. Uh, what do you mean? You, you haven't heard Brad Pitt is the, the savior of black film in this decade? The voice know. behind Selma, 12 Years a Slave, and the last black man in San Francisco. I'm not being sarcastic at all. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't. Hidden figures, too. Oh, boy. That's a good. I didn't. Got even, them all. I didn't even think about that. Paid oh, for boy. The yeah, well, you know, I like Brad Pitt. You know that. But, um. <laughs> uh, no, what I was going to say was. Uh, I don't. I, the, as for an audience, I feel like this is the kind of movie it's that. It's entertaining. That's my point. It is, is this entertaining. This movie is, is quite entertaining. I think that it's just. It has a name that might catch your eye, and you go, oh, what is this? Uh, the my issue I see is that because it's such a small film and because it doesn't have a lot of big name power with the stars. Oh, not yet, of course. Uh, that I think that this may be a movie that years from now might be looked on, but like in the immediate future, I don't see it having a large audience. That, that, that's how did I feel about the ending. I thought that they tied up the story in a way. The only way that I think could actually be, um, like make any kind of sense i didn't see it coming frankly and it happened to me (laughs) in real life (laughs) i did not see it coming yeah that's 
Uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's the only, like, looking back at it, it's the only way that you could have ended that movie. Otherwise, I would have been, I would have been like, eh. No, it, 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 I, I, I feel like it gives the movie purpose. I feel like it literally gives the movie a point. Yes, I would agree. Um, and, do, and also, do you have any problems with it? I, I don't, I didn't have any, I didn't really have any qualms coming out of The Last Black Man. Um, I'm sure know, there's something like, wrong with that. Just, a couple, like, weird things that were, like, uh, like, with, like, the toxic waste in, like, the water, with, like, the fish, with the three eyes. Like, I don't know. That stuff, like, is unnecessary. Oh wow! I forgot about yeah, that. It's that just like, random B roll of the yeah, yeah random yeah. stuff that's thrown in. I mean, there is a point for it for like one specific specific scene towards the end of the movie, but like in all honesty, it didn't need to be there. But uh, I, that's me finding something to nitpick, like not okay. really like I didn't. No, I just want to keep myself honest. I, I, uh, I have nothing bad to say. But about no, I really I enjoyed the movie a lot. It was in my top. Uh, I believe it reached number ten on my list for the year, nice. or right around there at least. The awards thing I was curious about because in a weaker supporting actor year, Jonathan Majors would have had the the room to get in there and that would have made people see the movie. That's why I was asking those two questions. I, I yeah. Think. I really don't think it has people were people were talking about him um for the the months after the movie came out. From like from May to like September. That was like a thing. Well that also like, the problem yeah. is that this movie came out in what, June uh it was the yeah. only release uh-huh. it had and it was limited to, you know, major cities. So for sure. uh that's always gonna yeah. Alright, but um Your number one John. My number one Hit me boss was already said. Oh okay. Parasite? It's Parasite. There you go. <laughs> I love Parasite from start to finish. It was my favorite movie of the year. I think Bong Joon-ho is uh, is a director that everyone should go out of the way to watch because every movie he makes is fantastic. I rewatched Memories of a Murder uh, earlier this year, and that movie, I had no idea, and I'd seen it a couple times already, that it was based on a true story. Oh, don't tell me that. I didn't know that. I haven't seen it before. I had no idea it was based on it. Okay. It's based on a true story, and there was literally a re- like around the time that Parasite came out, something that has to do with that movie came to light, so... Wow! I don't tell me anything else. I want to. I want to watch that movie. Also, I went to a Q and A for Parasite at the IFC Center, and uh, one of the major things in the movie is the house that it takes place in. Right. Mm. So someone asked a question about the house, and Bong Joon Ho. By the way, they had these translators that the, these Korean translators were so impressive. Like they wrote down huh. everything that was being said, repeated it back to them, and then wrote down the responses back. Oh yeah. And they like incredibly. Fa- I'm sure they're using some kind of shorthand, but it was. Extremely detailed, and they did and a great hand, job. Yeah. It was uh, I, I was shocked at how good they were. Um, but yeah, so the <laughs> Bo Juno was asked about the house, and he went on this long story about how um, I was lo- looking for locations. I saw this house; I thought it was beautiful. I went up, to, uh, I rang the doorbell, I talked to the the guy who owned the house, and I said to him, "Listen, uh, I really want to use your house for this movie." He said, "Listen, I love your movies. I'm a huge fan of yours. You can absolutely whatever you need. Let me know." And it's like that's the beauty of uh, film. You can have all these people that are film fans and that's this stuff for you, and it just worked out perfectly. And then he goes, "That would be great if that was true." But what actually happened was just built everything. <laughs> And I was like, you're the man. I love you. He what? He made this translator tell this really long story that was just a whole lie. Yes. <laughs> I love that. God, I love Bong Joon-ho. All right, that's it. We did it. 2019. Go. In the books. 1917. We'll see. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into our movie review now. Nader, get your L's with attitude. Jesus Christ. We watched the Santa Claus. <laughs> Tim Allen lying to his wife. Mm-hmm. Ain't no traffic. This kid's got a bowl cut. Mm-hmm. Who greenlighted Krumholtz having my hair in this movie? Love the outfit. What's going on with the wig? Somehow, it actually all comes together quite nicely. Child loses actual mind and walks through life telling real-life human beings that he is a delusional person. Child goes to North Pole, 
and is proven right about said delusions, but must bring them back to reality. Bring your parent to school day. Child tells school that he has the father of Santa Claus, or he, his, rather, his father is Santa Claus. School reacts the way that I would have. <laughs> Mom knocks on child's bedroom door. This motherfucker is sitting on his dresser, whipping chairs. You don't beat by beat on this, huh? <laughs> Inexplicably, the end of this movie is that he doesn't get to have a father or Santa Claus. <laughs> Police chase. They're using, they're trying to threaten Tim Allen with a walkie-talkie. Talking about, don't move. Got this antenna, though. That's true. Goddamn Judge Reinhold is eating falafel. The Santa Claus. Nailed it. Got it. (laughs) Got it in one. Uh, This is a weird movie, dog. I loved it so much as a kid. I I, I wanted to be the elves with the the ELFS, with the the, the Santa uh, seals. Seal Team Santa. About the, uh, the jetpacks and evacu- the green. What was it? The evacuation liberation. Oh, uh, what was it? Evacuation liberation something service. Liberation. I forget. Liberation was definitely the L. He's we got a is an ISIS John. <laughs> Bro, the there's there's some uh, funny jokes in this. There's some great one-liners, but there's some really game. bad ones. Like when he goes to the doctor and the doctor says to him, so "You're as healthy as a horse," and he says, "Yeah." A Clydesdale. Clydesdale. That's not a joke. <laughs> Big dick. <laughs> Big dick Timmy. That's not a joke. Clydesdales are not known for being fat. Oh, I thought it was a dick joke. I thought he was saying he's got it. A Clydesdale is a type of horse. Those are the Budweiser horses. They're not known for being fat. What? What is that? Who wrote that? Uh, this this is this is a this is a bad hill to die on, John. I don't I don't know why you're so upset about this. <laughs> that joke bothered me a lot. This movie is weird as hell. Uh, some there was the some CGI. Good I mean, this for 1994. I'm sure the CGI looked great. It does not hold up. It is bad. It's horrible. Um. That's not the movie's I'm, fault. Even even the one-liners that I wrote down, I'm wondering if maybe they actually weren't that funny. Some of the ones I have uh, written down are, we're getting the Disney Channel now. Yeah, that hey, was at, Merry Christmas. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it is pretty uh, He said, where's Charlie? And the wife was like, he could be jumping up and down on his bed wearing a red hat and galoshes. And Tim Allen was like, I don't care what Neil's doing. I said, what's Charlie doing? Pretty good. I like that a lot. Um, he's, uh, when he has the big Santa pants on, He's like, uh, he's like screaming at his son. And he's like, but most of all, I hope the guy that lives here is a tailor. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the big pants on. Which is a reference to his uh, old uh, show, Tim the Toolman Taylor. There you go. Not a reference, though. Did, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I was just agreeing with you. I just um, For some reason, Tim Allen does not hear a dozen reindeer walking directly behind him. They're wa- he was, he's walking down the street, and the son's like, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, what are you laughing at, son? And the son's like, nothing. And six feet behind him are 12 reindeer. <laughs> I, I enjoy. You know what I thought was funny? The uh, uh, the name of the ladder company. That was like a good joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like little stupid things. I mean, it's a it's a, it's definitely a kids movie. I didn't remember it being such. Is a kids it a movie. kid, John? Yes. Not, no. Stop, yes. John. John. That's a kids movie. John. First of all, this movie has a has a line in it where the wife says, "I can't believe you would stoop to changing your physical appearance to make your son like you." That's not a kids movie, John. I didn't That's say not it was, what kids movies sound like. I didn't say it was a good kids movie. It's oh 100%. There's a custody battle that Tim Allen loses. He yeah. loses illegal custody of his... Honestly, I, I'm with the judge. <laughs> sure, yes. But here's my biggest problem with this whole genre of It's not going to be as big as mine. I guarantee my problem is bigger. Continue. Every... there's So in this movie, the universe that this movie creates, Santa Claus is real, right? Yes. 
So if Santa Claus is real, that means every year people get gifts from Santa Claus. Yes. But everyone thinks it's completely implausible yes. that Santa Claus is real. Correct. So you can't have both. For sure. And the fact that, like, oh, we have a kayak in our house well, now. I think in the post-credit scene, they explained that every parent on Earth There's a post-credit scene? And, then, and, and literally every parent on Earth admits that they're a liar and they've just been taking credit for the presence of Santa Claus. So then they know Santa Claus is real! <laughs> oh, you think I'm serious? I don't know, man. Oh, no, 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 of course not. God damn it, I hated that. I hate that. It, the, the logic doesn't make sense. And so many movies do this. That's, not, like, the, that's the, No, I understand what you're saying. No, the logic you should be upset about. Jeff, bro, the next day you're going to go to your wife and be like, yo, who got the kid this kayak? Toy? Who got him a kayak? I didn't buy a kayak. Did you buy a kayak? <laughs> with the paddle. The problem with this movie, though, is... Some it, bullshit. Exact, Comment was great, though. Exactly <laughs> what you just said applies to the, 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 the message that every... And this is not a Disney movie, but every... Whatever twenty seventy five. It feels like a yeah, exactly. The the movie is trying to imply that the kid is right, right? That the yes. kid is right. Like, of course, the kid's right, but the kid still has to go through life in the real world, as you were saying, explaining to people who are also who are not clinically insane that he is right, right? Yeah. But he looks clinically insane, and then, and then, and then, an actual judge, the legal system, says that right. you know, regardless of whether or not you're right. You're actually going to stay with Judge Reinhold. What is the point of this movie? I don't know. Everyone's wrong. Everyone's there's a, wrong. There's, there's, a, there's about a four-minute fat shaming sequence that I don't think we'd still be able to make. <laughs> also, this, the, the Christmas party they have at the beginning of the movie, oh my before Lord. he blatantly before he lies. takes the mic from, from old girl. <laughs> yeah, she was so saying rude. some stuff. And then he's like, yeah, that's, uh, our families aren't here. That's why uh, Jim's secretary is sitting, sitting on, on his lap. lap. Yeah, okay. And then they move on. They, they, they pan the crowd parts like it's the Red Sea. And they show this guy who's dressed up as Santa with the, the woman sitting on his lap. And, uh, yeah. They fucking. They fucking. This is the best. This is the best this you is don't the best joke thing. about that at a Christmas party? This is the best part of the Tim movie. Tim Allen should get fired right there. At the <laughs> end of it, at the end of it, they do the goddamn Men in Black end of an action movie thing where you're looking at the scene and it zooms out and mm-hmm. oh it's a snow globe of the same scene John they no didn't sense. go anywhere it's a, zoom, it's a zoom out to the same scene John I did like what? I'll tell you what this I did like a nightmare I, what I did like oh is God. that they actually explained um, how does what does Santa do if there's a, not a, a Bro, fireplace what are the police doing not arresting Tim Allen for having a line of children sit on his lap at a playground a line of children John that was actually pretty funny to me <laughs> I thought no. that was funny, but I think the funniest thing is the little girl that he sees when he's first Santa, and he tells her he's lactose intolerant, and the year that she he drinks that's, that's adorable. I thought you I were going to say, good. when he says, you look good for your age, and she's like, I'm seeing someone rapping, and he's like, okay. That was so uncomfortable. That was weird. <laughs> I also couldn't tell if that was a little person or a child. For that was a child. That okay. was 100% a child. How, that, now, the one the one thing I will give this movie a lot of credit for, and it should have been, been a five-minute sequence, is the police arresting random Santas. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was that pretty was funny. Solid. I wish there had been like 10 or 15 of those because the idea of the police just randomly accosting Santa Hey, I rented this suit. Is pretty- Where does this movie take place? Chicago? I don't know. The, the depths of hell, John. The fiery depths of hell. Oh. And, and that's another thing, too. Like, it, it's, it, it's a movie that doesn't make sense. Uh, on Disney Plus right now because it's like without the nostalgia of Tim Allen. Is this a Fox I think movie? This, yeah. Without the nostalgia of Tim Allen, I think this movie's closer to like, why would I even watch it? Tim Allen, before he turns into Santa, is actually pretty funny. 
He's Tim Allen is funny in this movie. He yeah. says funny shit. Like his physical humor is great. Also, when Santa slips up the top of the roof, that's a pretty funny fall. That's it was. a pretty good drop. <laughs> it was good. Santa eats shit for a little bit at the end. Um I don't know. I, it's it's fine for a kid. I'm like, sure little kids will like this movie still. The CGI is rough. The scene where he Bad. where he dyes the his hair. CGI hurt my feelings, that man. was rough. I like the fact that he answered the door and he just had a full like uh, shaving cream on there and just <laughs> casually answering the door for the Federal Express guy. Um, Federal Express, I guess they couldn't use FedEx, so they used a fake Fed, uh, FedEx with the name written down and some uh, bogus logo. Bogo. It was a bogo. Buy one, get one. Oh, that's a good deal. <laughs> it's like two for the price of one. I don't really have anything else to say about this movie. I have nothing else to say about this movie, John. Let's get into something I actually give two shits about. All right. Well, we got to give it your ratings. This, this is, this is, you got to go first. I don't, I don't know. Give it I, a I'm miss. still, give it a miss? Oh, give it a miss. Oh, thank you. Give it a miss. Thank <laughs> God. Okay. All right. Buffering. Can you feel my smile? We about to have some fun, y'all. Let's get it. We're doing the best of the decade. We're doing it a little different. We have a roster. Woo! Our roster is going to be made of different categories of movie. Yes. We have a roster of 10 to choose from. And we're going to pick our starting five. Our categories that we are using for this are comedy. That's one. Drama. Our third one is horror. Then we do an action. Then we're going to do a little superhero. If there's ever a decade to do superhero, it's now. <laughs> the next one we're doing is a combination of sci-fi and space. <laughs> Uh, then we're also doing War Western as one com- uh, category, animation, documentary, and then the stream specialty, the directorial debut. Oh, yes. John, this is my greatest conceit as a podcaster. When I, The idea of, of this list when I, when I had it was like, if aliens came down, if someone that never saw a movie needed to know everything about this decade, what movies would represent the decade best? So it's not so much our, our favorite, it's just what actually represents this decade in filmmaking and directory debut um a category i've long felt important about i yes. think is having a crazy resurgence because this this decade for that is unlike any decade in the past so i didn't do it that way i conceived it as my favorites okay <laughs> uh so do you want to talk We're about duo, my guy do you want to talk about the decade in general i do want to talk about the decade in general right, first, lay it yeah. on me let's 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 talk what do you got John, for 20? We're starting, we're talking January 1st, 2010. Let, let me get a real, I want you know, give me a real, <laughs> let me get a real high five because you're, you're one of like three people on this earth. Uh, shouts to my cousin Asmi and David that I could actually talk to about this stuff in a, in a shorthand. So <laughs> shouts to the pot, to, to the, uh, the, the stream podcast, man. All right. So let's run through some performers from this day. We got, right? we got a long some, list here. I have, I'm going to do a really quest and, and they're all Boom. very famous people. All right. Viola Davis, Olivia Coleman, Melissa Leo, Christoph Waltz, Lupita Nyong'o, J.K. Simmons, Amy Adams, mm. Jonah Hill, Michael Fassbender, Jesse Eisenberg, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Michael Keaton, Daniel Kaluuya, Laura Dern, Lucas Hedges, Adam Driver, and Jennifer Lawrence. The ever-controversial Jennifer Lawrence. Um, it's so, a huge decade for her. Dude, once I got done with my list, I just went through the decade just to see, just to just to remind myself of some people that I might forget. And I'm glad that I did because uh, I don't have a lot of movies from the beginning of this decade. And there's right. nothing against it. There were plenty of good uh, movies. But what I was actually realizing uh, doing this list is that a lot of the better performances okay. are in the earlier part of the, a lot of, a lot of iconic early performances sure. in the early part of it. And then the movies just get better and better as the decade goes on. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um... I think that, uh, yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. Um, I think the, the cool thing about this decade is uh, because 
well, it's it's kind of sprinted off in like two different directions for me. So yeah. obviously, um, well, we've talked about this before. Television now is doing stuff that movies used to do, right? So now they're blowing out ideas longer. A lot more miniseries now, which I enjoy. Uh, like a like a Chernobyl movie probably wouldn't have been as good as a six uh, uh, episode miniseries. Same thing with like the Night of, or even like Big Little. Even the Nick, smaller stuff, yeah. The Nick, absolutely. Which also, like, I mean, basically we're just talking about HBO uh, miniseries that well, at least well, should have been HBO. Yeah. Well, it was originally no, supposed to be, but yes. Soderbergh was like, it needs to come out now, or else I'm not doing it. Uh, so they put it on Cinemax. But even still, um, all the kind of stuff. So that kind of like went one way. And then within movies itself, we had we we've. We've gotten to an area where we have event movies, where you have your blockbusters, and obviously superhero movies have taken a huge chunk of the uh, and Star Wars as well have taken a huge chunk of the viewing but audience. It's not a bad decade for non-superhero stuff. That's, that's no, the no, thing that but, people keep that's, thinking it's, it's a, thing, it's a is great that, decade for movies. They're just doing film. it. They're just doing it on smaller budgets. Com- but there's comparatively short, but yeah, exactly. There's more, but there's yeah. a lot more of it. And Sixty million dollars is not a small amount of money. I, I, that, I reject what we call no, but that like a movie like casually as people that don't make movies. Like. No, no, but I and I, I'm not talking about like obviously sixty millions, but those there's not I mean, a lot. That's of, how much Joker cost? Yeah, but Joker's a superhero movie. But there's not a lot of um, independent films or uh, small studio films that are being made for of course. thirty. It's thirty millions a lot for those movies. Yeah. Uh, we, and, we have we have one Christopher the, Nolan and one Steven Spielberg. It's like, and I guess Denis Villeneuve. Very few guys can do what they want for how much they want. But I think that the thing that's interesting is that you get so much more out of your money now. Yeah. When for these smaller films, you see a movie like Moonlight costs what two million dollars? Nothing. And, and is at maybe, the top of maybe, every person's list for some maybe reasons. less. <laughs> yeah. And that movie, it's 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 really impressive what was done and how it's filmed and how it looks. Look, a movie like I mentioned before, Tangerine, uh, was filmed on an iPhone four, and it looks almost as good as movies that were made for millions and millions. High Flying Bird, which you mentioned, that was made this year on an iPhone six or eight, whatever it is. Uh, but like the ability to get the more out of your money, so you may see a ten million dollar movie that if it came out maybe. 10 years ago may have cost to make it look just as good twice as much if not more so it's really interesting that and i I think that we're getting to see a lot more uh young auteurs in the beginning of their career and doing stuff and then you see a lot of like people that i kind of went away and then some that came back a bit and i don't know it's been a really interesting year and like looking back at it which i've been doing over the last week or so i was like surprised how many movies that i i really loved from the last 10 years and making uh, making my list was really difficult. I'm going to read you a bunch of movies now in the same real rapid-fire fashion Boom. that are just movies that are not on my list um, that also I felt uh, really represent the decade. All right, here we go, guys. 2010s, Grand Budapest Hotel, Boom. Django Unchained, Boom. The Shape of Water, The Boom. Lobster, Mud, End of Watch, Green Room, Interstellar, Gravity, A Most Violent Year, Skyfall, Dope, Fury, James White, Killing Them Softly, a movie that I feel like people don't really appreciate, Moneyball, Inception, Drive, Prisoners, Tron Legacy, a personal favorite of mine, Fruitvale Station, uh, Chef, The Master, Spider-Verse, Whiplash, John Wick, uh, Amy, Sicario, 10 Cloverfield Lane, just, I I appreciate yeah. the diversity in genre, in in what's happening now with filmmakers and actors and better, um, I it's it's just every everything is getting mixed up and changed in a way that I'm actually very very comfortable with. In retrospect, I know it, everything always feels terrible in the moment, but sure. In retrospect, we're, we're I, movies are getting better, not worse. You know what? Shouts out to movies. Shout, hey man, it hey, sounds movies. it sounds basic, but and also the movies the, be good though. <laughs> the, the list I just read, uh, I just yeah. read out to you, is the are the movies that I rewatched that I was pretty sure were not on my list that I just wanted to watch for the. Uh, 
for the thing. And they're all still really good. Very think, few of them went down I, my estimation. I think one or two of what you said are, are they made my yeah, of course yeah. my oh, they my, my short short list. Okay. Um, but like just but even so, like you named some killers in there that aren't on my list. That are exactly. That are not in the, exactly. You know, and, and even like um uh, like there's like weird stuff that came out that like uh, obviously like Robert Eggers doing The Witch and The Lighthouse those movies didn't make my list but like super interesting crazy stuff that they had it's that pretty it's these new wa- filmmakers man that's what I'm saying that's like last, saying, like, last decade like we had Judd Apatow Edgar Wright uh, <sighs> Steve McQueen we did, it wasn't yeah. oh, and Barry Jenkins technically because his his first Barry one Jenkins, was yep. in 2008 um but it was it's it's child's play compared to the oh, amount of new and and I can't stress this enough household uh names and directors yeah. like the fact that people know Denis Villeneuve by his work like that people that that have watched Enemy and are like this is my favorite yeah. Denis Villeneuve I'm not being sarcastic like I know what they do that is is mind blowing to me that that absolutely was not the case when I was in high school not at all also the fact that there's three prominent Mexican directors that are the, the in be- the conscience of the best movie working, goers. the five best working filmmakers are are men of color every single one of them that, and, well, uh, who's your five? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, Barry Jenkins. Yes. Uh, Ryan Coogler. Yes. Ho- uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Yes. Um, Inaruto. Exactly. Uh, Alexander Inaruto. Gio I'm trying to get everyone right. Yeah. Um, and I, I give I give Yorgos foreign. Yeah. I meant to say uh, I meant to say uh, foreign. Man. But I would also I mean just I would I also put Villeneuve in that conversation for sure. Oh, Villeneuve can take. Uh, uh, he's he's uh, he's interchangeable with uh, my last spot. He's um those four, I he's mean, not, the four the four are the two black dudes and two uh, Mexican yeah. guys. That's uh, nuts. And it's like not particularly for debate. I would say maybe yeah. uh, no no five could be Bong Joon Ho. Let's get, let's get think, him in there. I think it would put Bong there in there too. Yeah. Um, and, way, and this time next decade, I expect to be saying that it's five women of color. I think also South Korean cinema might be some a- of the most Asian, underrated stuff, dude. A- Asian cinema this decade is—it's weird because I think I've told you this before. I feel like 2010s had a really Spanish-speaking movies were crushing it in the 2000s. I feel like they oh, yeah. really had a time, and um, absolutely with uh, the work of Kerry Fukunawa and Imamo to be in the beginning of the careers we yes. just mentioned, obviously. Um, but this one, um, wow, yeah, dude, it's. It's, and then it, also, yeah, I mean, continued careers. Like you mentioned, Wes Anderson still put out a lot of great movies this decade. No Bombeck. Uh, people think Mary Stories is his best movie. I don't. I still love Screen the no, more, but yeah, uh, I love Noah Bombeck. He's a PTA. Uh, there's a, just a, there's so many good uh, filmmakers, and a guy like PTA to make a movie like Phantom Thread. And and respect to PTA. I'm not. I didn't mean to leave him off that list. Of course, I, I love PTA, but um, he might not be in the top five anymore. But now he's which, probably which, my again, favorite which is a filmmaker. Good thing, which is a which is the healthiest thing for the film industry writ large. Um, yeah, we don't need another white guy from California, right? <laughs> I love PTA. No, no, no. Shouts to him. Um, and uh, and it's and I actually I'm happy that Phantom Thread and The Hateful Eight were received the way they were because those are going to be movies that we roll our not roll eyes about that we forget and then ten years from now we'll be looking back on those giving them some kind of new critical acclaim. I, I would agree with that. All right, I'm excited. You want to get into I'm this? Hype. Let's fucking do this. We'll start. We'll start with our bench. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna, gonna go. We're first. gonna do our, our five bench spots and then our starting five. So in my uh, in my my top uh, my my number ten spot Hit in it. the bench, this guy is not gonna get any action, right? He don't, he don't be fucking. No, this is the um, this is the, the Walter category. the Walter McCarthy of my team, <laughs> okay. which is a reference for six people. I hate you. Uh, it's in the category of um, war slash western. Okay. And uh, I'll give you my quick runner as up. 
Third sp- third spot for this for me was Jojo Rabbit. Number two was Hell or High Water. And number one, I have Zero Dark Thirty. Are you really going to do top threes for a ten roster yeah, thing right. all the way I'm through? Only, I'm only going to talk about one, though. Oh so, yeah. I had I had I gotta rep them. This is my thing. This I gotta squeeze in as so many names as I could. Yeah, <laughs> so complicated. If you saw my original list, you would have like just wanted to shoot me in the Go face. Go fuck yourself. I do uh, want to do that. Zero now. Dark Thirty is is a, it's a it's a really good movie that's showing like I mean now that we're looking at all the stuff and there's a movie that I need to see called The Report that talks a lot about what this movie is showing you um, and all the torture that this co- this country uh, went through and all the stuff we did and the uh, the fallout of. Uh, you know, the September 11th attacks. Jessica Chastain's performance in this is is really interesting. And she's kind of like the name that you didn't really mention, but she's had a really interesting decade as well with a lot of uh, interesting roles. And I just think that um, this is a movie that, uh, you know, obviously it's the first female uh, director to win uh, an Oscar, uh, Catherine Bigelow. Uh, she's had a really interesting career. She's done a lot of different types of movies. It's, it's really, it's, it's important to see how, People in that situation were just able to do these horrible things to people, and I don't know. I I, I really I, I do really do enjoy everything that uh, she was uh, trying to put with this movie, like her previous movie, the hurt uh, the hurt locker, as a which is not a true story, but it also is getting around to uh, these things that and then showing the the these people in the war in these situations that are insane. So this, um, I love Zero Dark Thirty. I I love, love Zero Dark Thirty. I've seen it a lot of times, and the most recent time I saw it was the very first time I saw the cracks in it. I've n- I've never at all been swayed by the. It's not politi- perfect by any means. Well, I don't. I, n- I never cared about the politicizing stuff of it because I never went into this movie thinking this is exactly what happened. That would that would be fucking. But insane it's it's, me. it's it's more accurate than you'd want to believe. I, I don't. I do, I do not care who who's ever motives about whatever is right or wrong. Sure. I could not. I don't give two shits about them. I I I like Kyle Chandler so much more than the American government. <laughs> it means nothing to me. Sure. Um. But the, but the, but I did. And I, again, strictly just movie wise, the the most recent time I saw it, I did feel like. Some some of the bigger beats didn't hit as much, and again, this is this could just be fatigue. Like I said, this that's like maybe the fifth, sixth time I've seen this movie. Sure. Um, and and I I could feel the movie dragging in the placing in the places that people used to say that it did drag in the, towards that last like forty five ish minutes where they are just kind of driving in circles, and and well, and a lot of the crew has either died or left. Well, I think it's a, well that part is important to the story that they're telling because the laws were changing, the narratives were changing in 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 real time there, so. The they ha- things were pushed away and stuff because it, it is a really good reflection of how we were torturing people. We found out we were torturing people. That became a thing, and then things shifted. So then the way the movie works shifts, and it's it's actually a really interesting parallel to real life. And I I, I really enjoy the way she handled it. So that's my number ten. My number ten for your bench the, spot. The the, to- the, uh, the the Tony Allen to your Sean Livingston. There you go. Is the uh, is the directorial debut category oh all right interesting so uh i only had two runners up here uh it was whiplash and fruitvale station okay but the winner for my directorial debut um i don't know how i found a way to get this movie in here but i'm so glad i did because i went years telling people that it was my favorite movie of all time it's ex machina oh okay it's alex garland's directorial directorial debut ex machina um novelist and screenwriter alex garland who did the beach in 28 days later and a bunch bunch of um other good thrillers just knocked it out of the park with this one. I it's as weird. I guess I haven't talked about X Machina on this podcast just to you um, over the past yeah, three we, years basically. I don't think we haven't talked about it much. Uh, but it, this to me is 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 the definition of a perfect movie in this in the sense of of actual like just not not favorite or anything, but just like the the sci fi 
thriller genre. Mm-hmm. There's there was no there was no movie this decade um, outside of one other movie, obviously that we'll get to um, that came close to Ex Machina for me. It is brilliantly <laughs> executed. There is not there is there's literally not a false note throughout the entire movie. There's no bad acting on the screen the whole time you're watching it. And again, for a directorial debut to make a in my mind an instant classic for a genre. Um, I, I'm, I'm so, so impressed. I guess it's, I guess it's easy if you're, if you're a brilliant writer and you make a movie that only has four characters in it and really three and a half. It's, um, it's three characters. Yeah, exactly. That one other actress doesn't even have a lot of dialogue. I'm sure that makes your life easier. Um, and, and not, and getting extras out of your life is the easiest way to make a movie go by faster. Um, but, uh, it's that, that, like I said, that's all not, not so much a handicap, but that'll make your life easier. Mm-hmm. Um, for the movie to be this good, I think is is just him. Like that is all just him by himself. What came out of his mind and got onto that screen, I'm so impressed with. Yeah. Well, also, um, not everyone who directs uh, gets to write as well, and you can obviously sell. Oh hell no! Yeah. Exactly. Um, this is obviously something that was very personal to him, and that's the one thing about directorial debuts. It could be something that they've been working on for a long time, and you could see like this was well thought out. And the performances from everyone, Donald Gleeson, Oscar Isaac, and Alicia Vikander are all fantastic in this. Uh, the the last half hour of this movie is handled so perfectly. Uh, Talking about sticking the landing. You, this movie, it, it has it has three or four scenes where you're like, it could just end here, but when you get to the final scene, which is just mirroring the opening shot of the movie, it's like, ugh, it's great. Ugh, all she wanted to do was people watch, and that and that as a concept, um, couldn't be aging better. Number nine for me. What you doing, buddy? Is the category of the category of superhero. Number nine. This is a guy that, listen, if you're going to win a championship, he's going to get some minutes. He's going to get like 10 minutes maybe, all right? Maybe 15 in a crunch. You need need, to win a championship, you need eight or nine guys. Okay. This guy's the last guy on the bench, but he's there. Okay. Number three on this list is Thor Ragnarok. Ooh, fun stuff. Number two is, you're not going to see this one coming, Uh Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I don't know, I see this coming. And my pick is Logan. Yeah, I see that. Uh, and we were talking uh, off mic about the director of this movie. Uh, I was about to say Eric Mangle, but that was a player for the Jets. Oh. <laughs> What's his first name? Nick? No, Nick Mangle is a guy on the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, James. Oh, my God. James. James. Jesus. Yes. James Mangold. Uh, <laughs> this is, I, I'm not a huge superhero fan. I went to see this movie because a friend of mine was like, dude, we got to go see this. I'm like, all right. X-Men is something that I watched as a kid. I watched the the cartoon, so I was into it, and uh, I decided, okay, let's let's give this a shot. And um, uh, R-rated uh, superhero movie is something that I think is an untapped uh, vein that they really should focus on more, uh, because um, this was really cool, and I really just enjoyed it for uh, the story, uh, the old man, uh, you know. At the end of his life, the redemption, the uh, the 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 young kids uh, coming up, uh, the mentorship, uh, all the little details of it, uh, the way the story moved, it was it was it was really enjoyable. Uh, it wasn't so like fantasy superhero-y stuff that it didn't take me out of it. Uh, I really I thought that uh, I mean Hugh Jackman is a character obviously he's played well, I don't know ten times probably, and uh, he really was able to. Uh, let this character go in a really uh, uh, thoughtful and uh, special way. I really enjoyed it. So that's my number nine. Well, John. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have Logan on my list as well. Uh-oh. He is in the war western category because Logan is definitely a western to me. I, I, that's fair. Obviously, um, that comes in. That is that is my 
fifth position. So that's my first starter. Ooh, yes. So that, that is where Logan start. comes in for me. He is number five for me. There were no runner-ups um, in, in this category for me. So just straight up, my number five was Westerns with Logan. This is why, this is, uh, for, for me, why Logan is good. Obviously, a big comic reader, blah, 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 all these movies. Um, I, 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 I would hazard a guess that no matter what, this won't be considered the best superhero movie of the decade, which is the, I would agree. Of course not. Yeah, the, universally it won't be. Um, but I get I get out of this what I got out of the Dark Knight, not what other comic book movies of this uh, of this era have have offered us. And again, that's no that's no strike to, to, to other movies in the genre. Yeah. But what what I get out of this on a series level, I don't I don't think there's there's too many qualifiers. I don't really feel the need to explain myself when sure. I like this movie, and I don't really feel the need to like tell people to watch trailers or whatever. I can just be like, if you like good movies, you're gonna watch this. The Daphne Keene performance is without a doubt the best child acting performance. Um, in a, a blockbuster movie I have ever seen. That she's is like that's like my ET, like straight up. Like it is it is bonkers how good she is. In this she's movie. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I saw her in something else recently. And uh, I his like, dark materials. Uh, no, I don't watch that. Gotcha. Um, so no, it was another uh, feature film. But I don't. She was like, she was so different that I didn't recognize it was her. Till the movie was over, and I was like, oh shit, that's the girl from Logan. Yeah. Dude, who, and again, this sounds crazy because it's R-rated, but Logan is kind of for everyone. It's kind of for your dad. It's for your girlfriend. It's for you. It's for kids. It's for a big audience. It's it's, it's well, low key for everybody. Well, that's what my 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 point was. Like, I think that making an R-rated superhero movie isn't untapped vein. There's only really been like two or three of them. So, uh, three, right? Joker's the third. Joker would be there's, the third. There's two Deadpool movies, but I'm counting them as one. So. There's, yeah, there's three. There's I, wish, three. I wish they were zero. <laughs> you ready for that Kumail Nanjiani sex scene in Eternals? There's no. Have you seen him? Yes. <laughs> Everyone on the internet has seen Kumail Nanjiani. It's kind of shirt. insane. Come on. Pornhub made him put him on their uh, website. That's for a good like, call uh, by them. For like the masculine section, he posted on his Instagram. What was the name really that was Porn Hub. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm sorry that I ruined that for you, but would you like to tell me your number nine spot? I would love to tell you my number nine spot. My number nine spot is the action adventure category. Ooh. All right. My I, there was only one runner up for this one, um, and it was John Wick. Um, there's no there's no superhero movie. I, I think I, a lot of people have been trying to tell me that Captain America: Winter Soldier belongs here, um, and it's it's a great movie, but it's not one that I would stick my uh, my my movie guns on in terms of action adventure. And I went more adventure. I did not go action in this category. So my number nine movie is the adventure film, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh man, I was I was trying to figure out a way to put it in on this list. Man, first of <laughs> all, I, I I can't believe people like the Jumanji movies. The new Jumanji movies. I haven't seen them. God God bless you for liking Jumanji, guys. But how about go fuck yourself and just watch an actual good adventure movie, The Hunt for the Wilder People. It's fantastic. It's heartwarming. It's great performances. There's a twist right at the top of it that fucking smacks you in the face. Um, and it's one of my favorite experiences watching a movie for the first time this decade. This was the first Taika Waititi movie I saw. I oh, don't, really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This was the first... Uh, Sam uh, Neill movie you saw because you <laughs> haven't seen Jurassic Park. No, this is the, this is the first movie of his I saw after... Uh, what, uh, what would we do? Uh, Thor Ragnarok. I had never seen oh. his. I had never seen his not Marvel movie. Yeah, I had only uh, wow. the first movie I saw of his was in fact Thor Ragnarok, and then I went back and watched his all all of his movies. You slacking on Watiti? I'm slack. I'm slacking on Watiti. Um, but I, I I hate the Jews. Who who knows? Yeah, that's um, true. You but do um, say that a lot because <laughs> it rhymes. Um, but seeing this movie for the first time, um, just shattered me. Me yeah. and the person I was watching it with were just in. 
in awe and in pieces. It's so funny. It's so heartfelt. Uh, Sam Neill also, it's like, why are you doing more movies? Like, you're great. That kid is great. The uh, the the woman that's chasing them, she's hysterical. His, whoa. Oh. Whoa, funny. And she's doing it again in Ragnarok. No problem with it. Run yep. it back. Do it again. Yep. I'm super here for She is uh, the... Uh, what's what's my boy that always does the? Uh, she's the the Paul Schneider, the, the Adam Sandler's guy that always does the horrible. Oh, Rob Schneider. <laughs> He's the Rob Schneider to his Adam Sandler. <laughs> it's always there making jokes. Uh, I it's great. Listen, you know, making copies. We, and, we, and again, what are the what are the uh, what are the what are the other adventure movies from this decade? Captain Fantastic. Oh, is that really is that really an adventure movie? I would I would kind of see yeah. I thought it was like a family drama. I'm tripping. I didn't realize it is a family drama. But they they do like things in the woods, not just live and sit silently. Okay. Well, it's like more like Kings of Summer. They're also on like a a rescue movie. Uh, Would you consider? Well, yeah, Kings of Summer. Yeah, Kings of Summer is a good adventure. Uh, Adventureland didn't come out this decade, did it? You know. Oh yeah, it did. Wait, Adventure? No, 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 it didn't. No, Zombieland. Adventureland is not an adventure movie. Zombieland is. Yes, that's what I meant to say. About oh that. yeah, yeah, Zombieland totally. Yeah, oh yeah, that that be that's a great, that's a great. Movie. Um, yeah, I mean, thing is that one. adventure movies kind of blend into a lot of other categories. Well, no, I think because people always like, oh, rom coms are dying. I'm like, shut the fuck up. They're on Netflix. Adventure right. movies actually are like like Indiana Jones is the last Indiana Jones. There's there's no big successful. Don't worry, they're making another one. <laughs> oh my God. But there is no big <laughs> successful adventure franchise. You know what it is? The last one was um was Pirates of the Caribbean. That was the last one. Those big big name yeah, ones, yeah, a for big sure, adventure, for sure. a big yeah. I would agree. Yeah, adventure is and this definitely. Is a, this is, man, talk of this. I mean, it's R. It's I think it's R rated, but this is a family movie. This is a movie about family mean, in a big. Uh, spot. It's, it's probably R rated. There's a lot of f bombs. Yeah, I mean, you go more than one, and yes. <laughs> so also, my boy is playing the same character in both movies. I just realized Deadpool two. Yeah, he's, he's also in a strange rocket. Yeah. Uh, what you got, uh, boss? What we got? Number eight. Yep. Number eight for me you is did, you did your nine already. Yeah, Logan. Number eight. Now, this is like a guy on the bench who's uh, going to play some significant minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into rotation players. This this is a guy this like... This is the beginning of your rotation. This is a big, important player. And for me, this is going to go to the category of sci-fi slash space. Um, my quick rundown, Ex Machina was my third here. Uh, Inception was number two. My number one is Arrival. Arrival is a movie that my first watch, I was like, whoa, that was kind of crazy. Uh, and then uh, I have a buddy who's seen Arrival 30, 40 times. It's one of his favorite movies. And not because he he's this guy who will rewatch um, one movie over and over again just because he wants to figure stuff out. And he, because of him saying that, I rewatched it. And on a rewatch, I was like, I saw it in a different way. And then I saw it a third time. And I've probably seen it four times now. And every time I see it, I'm just like... This is fucking crazy. It was it was three for me. The third the third time I saw it, I was like, "Yep, that that something got like it. unlocked, <laughs> right?" Got it. Yep. And um, <laughs> it's a fucking crazy story. It's really cool. Maybe our maybe the twist of the decade that holds strongest. Yes. It's like it's like the one that really really worked, and it's not. And that's another, you know what's crazy about that twist too? It is not original. It happens in another movie that's on both of our lists, and it's like it's it's sure. a, it's a thing that's been done a thousand times before, and it hits it hits. But here's the thing: it hits. I'm also of the opinion that. Back to the Future ru- ruined people's perspective on what time travel is. Okay. Because everyone says, oh, it has to be this way. Why? Because fucking Robert Zemeckis decided so? No. I would say more the sixth sense ruined what we need from our twists. No. Uh, well, yeah, probably. But I'm just saying, like, if you talk to someone, I uh, the people that I don't think time like travel is very malleable. I think there's a thousand different theories that so many different movies have explored. I do not think oh, for one I, second I agree with you, that but there's I, one. I find thing that, that people, people who don't travel. like. Uh, Arrival 
similar, like, the, the timeline doesn't make sense. I'm like... You, you, How? What are they talking about? It makes perfect sense. People are... Oh. Because people it's think... It's linear. It's people, not out of order. People think that uh, time travel has to be the way they did in Back to the Future. I swear to God. Like, you think I'm crazy, but there's a lot of... There's a, there's no, a strong contingent of people... I'm finding the medium between the two audiences that me and you pull out our information from. Yeah. I'm saying, in my opinion, for the most part, what the, the in reality, there's just people that are Team Avengers Endgame, Team Back to the Future, Team Clockers, Team whatever the fuck. There's just Team Forever, Team Terminator. Everyone yeah. has their own... Thing I think it's and, and but but I'm saying the compromise I'm saying you're and you are and you have heard from those people you yes. have heard from the people that have that of course yes I and I think that you know this movie has the performance from breakout uh, new artist of 2019 Jeremy Renner <laughs> and Amy Adams and Amy Adams is fantastic Adams in this is four she, so she's four Oscar nominations deep no wins right yes she's without a doubt considered one of our best working actresses. Amy Adams is not. She's not. She's not fifty years old, but she feels like she has the career of someone that may as well be fifty. She's in her she's late thirties. So many movies. I think. No, she, I think she's forty. She's just. She's forty nine. Um, but she's in so 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 many movies. Um, she's fantastic. What, what? And I have a question about another actress that we'll get to later in the list. What is next for Amy Adams? What What does she? Well, need she's she's done do? all of the major. There's things, no right? genre left for her to conquer. No. There's no. There's no type of. I mean, she's doing. She does every performance that that uh, that female actors just wish they could do. She's done musicals. She's done period pieces. She's done a sci-fi movie. Superhero movie. She did like the wife in a sports movie. Like she's done every little thing. Several checks and been nominated for four Oscars. And what is left for this barely forty-year-old woman to accomplish? She's she's achieved so so much. For me, she's the best. Decade and a half. She had two thousand five really. I think for me, she's had the best decade for a female actress. I think if you call it five to 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 two thousand six, um, because the because she'll she'll get her Oscar nomination for Junebug in the January of two thousand six. So that sure. that to the September where Arrival comes out in two twenty sixteen yeah. is just a dominating run. Dominating, dominating run. Uh, I'm a huge Amy Adams fan. Um, I was not. It actually took me a while to, to come around to her. It, uh, yeah. I, I, for I, a long fair. time, I felt I that she it. was playing the same character, and then I realized that I was not appreciating the nuance that she was putting into those characters. Uh, but uh, like to our conversation earlier, I think uh, Denis Villeneuve is one of the... I don't know how to say his name right. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve is one of the most creative... Uh, uh, thinkers as firms of directors go. Of course. Uh, like Blade Runner, I don't love, but it is like taking a, an existing property and really making it his own. I, I'm flabbergasted that people don't like Prisoners. Blows my Prisoners mind. Prisoners is fantastic. Wide open that people don't think that's his best movie. Sicario right, right yeah. fantastic. I, again, I love like, Arrival and Sicario, but I still think Prisoners is, is Enemy, just like a he's just perfect. I mean, in terms of like movies about your daughter missing or whatever, it it doesn't get better. It just it just doesn't get better than Prisoners. I'm sorry. Uh, and to get back to Arrival, I think that doing an alien movie and making about something that's not just I mean, it really like it does it's a, a good language job. Movie. It's not even alien. It's a language. Movie. It is a language yeah. movie, but it but it I mean, it does a good job. The aliens of, are shapes basically. Like yeah. they're, they're, they're image. They're silhouettes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but what I what I like about it, it subverts the classic alien but, idea. No, it subverts the idea that Forrest Whitaker only speaks in funny voices. <laughs> a wink. You're right. It's very different. Eyes wide open. I love Forrest Whitaker. Uh, but yeah, the performance is great. Uh, the God, I forget his name, but um, the the the, the guy's the Emperor Stuber? of Japan. Oh, yeah, Steven Spielberg. That was it. No, I thought you were Michael Stuber because in Arrival. Oh, Michael. Stuber. I just remember from the farewell, the guy that is yeah. He's. In older Chinese man that movies. always plays an older Chinese man since 1998. That guy Shower. is one of the best character actors working right now. Like, literally everything he's in, he's fantastic. I, I shed a tear for him in the trailer for Mulan the other day. 
I was just saw that was rough. When I saw he fell to the ground. Oh, and I know it's Star Wars. I saw that yeah, for Star Wars, and I was like, oh man, that guy's in this too. I love that guy. Uh, I think Amy Adams' performance is fantastic, and like the the reveal at the end of this movie really fucked me up the first time I saw it. And like every successful viewing of it, it's it's aged well and it's gotten better to me, and I I really enjoy it. So that's my sci-fi. My number eight, the the Corliss Williamson to your Darvin Ham. Oh boy, is a a superhero, a superhero category. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, I don't know who he's. <laughs> very, very easy. No, I'm just going to drop weird NBA references until no, I that's get good. To actual starting This is fives. fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, is a uh, superhero category, number eight. This was by by far the easiest uh, decision for me. Uh, no, maybe maybe horror too. This was one of the easiest decisions I made on this list. Sure. It's Black Panther. It's the, we're done. Oh, yeah. It's Black Panther. <laughs> we're done. Um, so my theory I didn't even movie. think about Black I <laughs> fucked up. Hey, I forgot about uh, Spider Verse for team movies, so I am mad at you. So. Uh, I apologize. My, my thing about this decade—I mean, I mean uh, you'll take it up with the NAACP. Um, my thing with uh, this decade is that I, I feel—I feel I very that strongly. That was a documentary. <laughs> I feel very strongly that uh, it moves, and I also almost put this in sci-fi too. It moves. Uh, it gets better with time. I am of the belief that by 2014 we're starting to cook, and then by 2015 we're just off to the races. Where basically, from 15 to 18, I would say I have a minimum of three movies that I will watch for the rest of my life from each one of those years. Um, and they're all good for different reasons, and they all ha- have uh, great viewing experiences, yada, yada, yada. Black Panther I've is uh, one of those movies where you, me personally, was just, imme- the the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, that's cool. I was kind of, I'm always I'm always very, very turned off when white people say they love something black. It always feels very fetishized. And I'm like, I don't know. If y'all, y'all saying it's great, I'll, I'll be the judge of myself. Um... But uh, first time, and, and that affected the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was crying from the opening sequence. J- just the idea that this is on screen brought me to, to complete tears. Wow. Okay. Well, obviously, I mean, this movie would obviously have a bigger yeah, effect for you, bitch, yeah. based on your obviously your, your life and your family background. Literally being one, you're you know on half your family is one gen- one generation away, or and 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 the Ethiopian side of my family feels some kind of way about uh, how uh, uh, about America and my Americanness yeah. and how I don't speak the language and all. It's it's a yes, it's a lot. So uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I um, I really did enjoy this movie a lot. It was I think my number three movie of 2016. Eighteen. Um, no, I thought th- that's how good I thought of it. <laughs> They went into pre-production. And you're like, got it. Yeah, this is it. Creed wrapped uh, you. <laughs> so to the your script. to your point, I I mean I am someone who like I, I like rooting for the underdog, and so like I I look out for things that are maybe not the mainstream thing or like maybe a minority thing, and so sometimes uh, I do understand where you come at with that fetishizing thing, but like this is just like empirically good. It's too good. It's it's too good. No, exactly. It's, and, it's too good to, to fucking complain about. Like, and Ryan Coogler is probably the most exciting young director for me right now. It's it's very it's funny because I would I would understand a criticism that he never gets, which to me <laughs> I'm no I'm serious, which which is that Every single one of his movies is about a young black kid from Los Angeles. Uh, one's from Oakland. <laughs> Sorry, from California. Um, <laughs> and and it's crazy because I feel like he's he's 
barely scratched the surface of it. I feel like he's he's really just he's really only tackled it in the most like obvious ways. He doesn't and, have that and many. What films. comes next is going to be the nuance and the depth and the and the everything else. I, I'm I, I I mean it's it's it, his his the 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 way that me and you feel about like being excited for his career is unparalleled, and we're gonna have it forever because he's 32. We're gonna have yeah. it for 40 years. <laughs> like I hope I hope we do because I I he's he's got it he's got it. He just does. Maybe and maybe my favorite uh well, he's tackled, current interview. He's tackled three very, very different movies. Like he does a, a you know, a social commentary, he did a sports movie, and he did a superhero movie. They're all like if you didn't know it was the same director, you wouldn't necessarily know it's the same director. I mean, there's and parts they're of like all fantastic. that are just like James Bond meets a Game of Thrones. There are there are just there are just, there are scenes in that movie that, that work. Have you seen the deleted scenes for Black Panther? No. There, there, there's, there's a deleted scene with Daniel Kaluuya that could, that could legitimately be what they played before an Oscar. It, like the stuff that that didn't make this movie is outrageous. I mean, who doesn't He's... cry at Sterling K. Brown's uh, speech <laughs> at the end of that movie? That is, that is nuts. Like you're, you're not alive if you don't cry when you see that. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Daniel Kaluuya is that he—he's—he's he's my Kugler of actors. I'm—I'm I'm so excited to see what he does next. I'm that guy has more excited. He—you he, can—you can see in his eyes. He's you can done, literally see talent in his eyes. Like he's right done, in the center. He's done probably like four movies this year. That um, he's done four movies this year. No, no, I'm sorry. It's four movies in the the last. Oh, the next, years. yeah. So, so his his run is Sicario, Get Out, this Widows. Queen Slim, Widows. He's got he's got five yes. performances in in Widows. He's better than the fucking movie. But I'm just saying, all five of those are so different. The car- and it, he kills it in every single performance. He's you you're drawn to him. He's he has fantastic. innocence. He has compassion, and then he has Widows. <laughs> he has every Dude. and, and, and uh, it's man. Ugh. I'm telling you that Sicario threequel is so there for the taking with him and Emily Blunt because they're not in the sequel. I need the Jess Kaluuya Emily Blunt Denis Villeneuve. Um, machine gun movie, like oh sure. my god, give that to me right fucking now. Emily Blunt is uh like quietly one of the better female action stars. Not no, in I would say time. not quietly. I would say uh she since like Sigourney she, she Weaver. A, no, no, I was I would say <laughs> you she know? had this huge, huge future Linda that Hamilton. felt stunted until a quiet place. Because I was actually mad at Emily Blunt. I was like, be in more movies, Emily Blunt. You're the fucking best. Make me, make me believe it. Yeah, she's chilling with Sudeikis. She's, she's got umbrellas for days, for daysis. Wait, uh, what? Krasinski. Krasinski. Who's who's uh, Sudeikis Olivia with? Wilde. Oh yeah, she's the book smart girl. Yeah, <laughs> not on any of our lists. <laughs> What's your number? Uh, are you on eight or seven? You're on eight. I'm on seven. You're on seven. Hit me, boss. We're not talking. We're talking serious minutes now. I mean, so, so we're talking about. Lamar Odom in the year two thousand four, in between the Clippers and Lakers. Nah, he was probably number six. You think he was starting in 04? I'm saying, like... Are we talking Ricky Davis? Sure. Okay. Ricky Davis is where you went? This is the high-flying bird of podcasts. I'm trying to think of, like... This is the Uncut Gems of podcasts. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of Nick's, <laughs> Nick teams that made the playoffs so I can make references. I'm like, I have to go back to 94 for, like, it to be, like, good. I can go back to 99. Um, okay, so number se- number seven spot now. There's a serious deep minutes now. Dude, we're you talking. keep confusing people by being, like, number seven. These are my top three. <laughs> Piece of shit. It is confusing when you put it that way. Uh, so this for me, I did animation. Ah, my number seven is also animation. This Ooh. is perfect. We're syncing up. You fucked uh, me on Logan. I'm sorry about Logan. Uh, I have the Lego Movie. This is number three. Okay, Jesus. If you don't have the same one for animation, I'm turning. Moana's number two. And number one is of course. Come on. 
21 oh. Bridges. Oh, no. It's, it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Got you. Another 2018 movie. I'm telling you, 18 was tough. 18 but. was a good year. 18 was tough. Uh, I mean, we've talked about this movie a lot. There's not much more for me to say oh. about it. This movie, the, 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 what I'll say about this, and then we can go on to the next thing. This movie changed what I thought animation could be. It blew my mind. This animation style, never seen it before. You know super what impressed. About is the sequel? Do you you're, you're, now now since we've recorded now we know you're getting your sequel. Do you want your Spider Verse sequel? I don't. I'm actually I'm actually full. No thanks. I'm interested to see where they go, but I don't need it. Yeah, I, th- I think I love Oscar Isaac, and I will watch anything he does. No, no, it's not. It's, it has nothing to do with the cast or the characters. Even Sucker the writing. Punch we have aside. no reason. I, we shouldn't <laughs> judge sequels for existing. We should judge them on, on what we have before them. But I'm, if you I'm, have, I'm in a place now, we're leaving alone. If you have a story to tell that's worth telling, go ahead and tell it. If you don't, don't do it just for the money. That's my always my opinion on a sequel. Too late. No, but I'm just saying, that's my always my opinion on a sequel. My number seven, also in the category of animation, the, uh, oof. This is my Nate Robinson. This is my Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson would start on the Knicks. That's how bad they were. <laughs> this is definitely my Nate Robinson, because he's definitely been to Mexico. It's Coco. All right? It's Coco. Oh, I, Coco, number four for me. Coco is on my animation list. <laughs> the f- th- Coco fits what I'm oh, talking about. Oh, the mama Coco. <laughs> Coco fits what I'm talking about uh, with the the conceptualization of this list being about, for, like I said, for me, for representing the decade in every sense of the word. Because uh, animation only has two routes, and one is Spider Verse, which is where you change it. Yes. And the second one is where you have to be. You have to be like the cartoon that that captures the country. And, Amer- and America is crazy like that. Like the animation does not yeah. uh, does not succeed in other countries the way it does in America. Like we really do have small, even like Wally, we have small phenomenons where like all of a sudden we uh, we as a country care about cartoons. And Disney is sure. on this weird run in this decade where it's hard to differentiate if Big Hero Six and Moana and Frozen are really like disney classics and we don't have any disney classics in this decade and then coco comes along in 2017 and it's like boom this is the one because frozen is frozen is without a doubt a disney classic i can't yeah. i'm not denying that but frozen is also a disney princess which is a subcategory it was a it was a phenomenon for no, no, no of course phenomenon, yeah. but that, that is that is a whole that is a that, i mean that's a different level of commercialism even sure. from coco which is a level of commercialism like this Absolutely. disney princess is a, is a very that is a that is a, a sacred sacred thing coco is 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 just a cartoon Coco is the best version of a cartoon we got in this decade for me. So number six, this is your Manu Ginobili spot. Kyra now, we're bench, talking, now we're right? talking players. I should have made Nate six. This guy is coming right off the bench. This guy is going to get a lot of minutes. He's very important. He's a lefty. He's a lefty. He's an Ar- oh, he's an Argentinian lefty. Just damn. like John Stick. You're damn, you're damn right. You know it. Um, for me, I picked comedy, which traditionally, mm. which traditionally is my uh, probably my favorite genre, but... Um, I had I had a lot of trouble putting this list together. This is exactly what I'm talking about with the recapping of the uh, categories. Yeah. I have a lot to talk about with comedy. When this uh, comedy was the longest shortlist. Really? Yeah, that I comedy made. Comedy ate shit this decade. What comedies are you talking about? I made a, I made a long well, list. Well, I actually, I anticipate us having the same one, so let's carry on. Because I, I, if, if we have the same one, I'm going to talk about it with you. I'm interested to see. I don't know. I, I like this movie probably the most people. My number three is Spy. Which what I think. Okay, oh, god damn, you're confusing me with these numbers. I fucking Sorry. hate. I, cut out the numbers. <laughs> my second runner-up oh for god. comedy is Spy. You say, you say three and then second runner-up. You yeah. didn't even say two. <laughs> I know. I wanted to confuse you more. You're such a bitch. My runner-up is What We Do in the Shadows, and oh. my um, my winner for comedy 
my Manu Ginobili is Game Night. Oh, I'm disappointed in you, Chad. I, I, I knew you weren't going to like it as much as I did. I'm disappointed in you. Game Night, I think, is... You went traditional. You, is you it? Went, yeah, well, no, you went with, uh, you went with our, our only... Beyond, I would say Brad. Yeah, I guess Bridesmaids is the other main studio comedy from the decade. We don't have because we don't have a we don't have a there, Hotel Farrell one this year. There, this decade, this decade did not have a lot of good studio comedies. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. Uh, but Game Night was from. I thought it was fucking fantastic. Game uh, Night has, I mean, a lot of a lot of drops, a lot of dulls, dull moments. I disagree. I how, think how long is Game Night? It's, it's like one forty, right? Yeah, it's not nothing crazy. I don't know, man. I remember it for a really good, uh, I guess, set piece, if you want to call it that. I remember it for my favorite joke of the year. The Denzel Washington thing is the is the hardest I laughed in the it's year 2017. It's a very good joke that pays off That's insane. in the best yes. way possible. Um, and uh, and the Jesse Plemons thing is great, but I really, I'm, 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 a, no, I'm surprised. Game Night is one of, one of my favorite comedies. So you think comedies. Game Night's funnier than Bridesmaids? Because I think that's pretty um, much impossible. Funnier? Pretty much I wouldn't just say not it, true. I wouldn't say it's funnier. I think okay. it's a movie that I like more. Give me your answer for my version of the thing. What did, what com- Actually, then, no, don't, 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 don't tell me. It would probably be Bridesmaid, obviously. Okay, gotcha. Um, if I had to pick one. But if I was the movie that I'm going to watch the most and the movie that I enjoy the most. The Moist? Yeah, The Moist. Uh, I turned into one of the Three Stooges. <laughs> hey, The Moist. Uh, I think... It, it's it's fantastic. I think all the performances are great. You get to see, um, you know, Jason Bateman. I think is kind of a limited actor, but this is his bread and butter. We're about to see with the outsider man. Is he? Is Jason Bateman a limited actor? I don't I, know if he is. I think he is. I think anytime he's trying to be serious, he's just not good. Okay. Like I think Bad Words is a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> that's not. That's definitely not an example. I was thinking more like Ozark and The Outsider. Um, uh, Ozark. He's good in Ozark. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, more serious than Bad Words. <laughs> Well, bad words is where he's trying. His character is not trying to be whatever. I don't want to leave him alone. That's also his directorial debut. Is it's hard? I don't want to talk about bad words. So uh, he's great in that. I think all the little performances. You have uh, Chelsea Peretti doing the really funny, stupid gag for the two seconds of the movie she's in. You have what movie are we talking about? Game Night. (laughs) Chelsea Peretti's in Game Night. Yes, she is. I don't remember. She works for the company that sets up the murder mystery uh, thing. Oh, she's the receptionist on the other line of the phone. No, she's in. They go to the office. She's like she looks. Billy like Magnuson. She, she's and like super, Irish Shorty. She's super pregnant in it. I don't. I don't remember. They think she's dead. This is how. Yeah, I don't even remember Jordan Peele's baby in this movie. Jordan Peele's baby was a pre pre baby. His pre baby. <laughs> why didn't she play Daniel Kaluuya's wife? That's a good. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, look, obviously Jesse Plemons being. Is, is is ridiculous. The scene, like, there's so many like good little scenes, like the uh, the the trying to take the bullet out, like that is one of the funniest scenes in a movie I've seen. I'm in a long happy time. that there's a movie with Richard McAdams and Jesse Plemons, like that. There's things well, about Lamar, this movie that like, I get excited about. Like, Lamar Moore should be in more comedies. He's fan. He's, so, he's, so, yeah, he's, he's insane. He's fan fucking tastic. <laughs> Uh, I forget who the dumb guy is, like the, Billy the Mimbo. Yeah, Billy Madison. He's fantastic. The Irish Tickets fan too. It's a great cast. It's a great cast. The story is really good. Some of the really Wait, interesting. It's not Amber Stevens West. Who's the uh, who's the the black chick? Is it? I'll check. I'm them. not 100 yeah. sure. But the like even like the little thing of like when they 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 zoom out and they're showing the uh, the the block the cul de sac they live on and it's like it looks like a game board and like little like like uh, fuck the zoom out. Attached. What about the track in on Plemons' face when he monologues? The track in is fat. <laughs> that's 100 percent true. It's the best thing. Uh, it's Kylie Bunbury and someone else. Yes. Okay. Don't say yes. You didn't know that. 
No, no, I do because I, okay. I had a, I had a conversation about this movie not too long ago. But I, whatever, not the point. Uh, I don't. Know, I just I really love this movie. I, it's really funny. Uh, and again, big studios haven't been doing a lot of really good comedies. And this we should pot about this game really worked. Game Night, I believe, is streaming on HBO. Well, I'll double check that. But we should pot about Game Night. I, Absolutely, I would, I would rewatch it, and I would love to be wrong. Okay, great. You're my new Ginobili. <laughs> my Kyle Corver. Oh, okay. my Ronnie Brewer. By the way, if you Ronnie Brewer is about a six. Come I think, on. I think uh, Kyle Corver is more of a seven for me. Bench mob. Um, or you're Jamal Crawford. I mean, my 2011 Eastern Conference is a disappointment. It turned out. <laughs> this is a movie that I'm actually I'm I'm almost growing to get what sick of. What category talking. is it? Horror. Ooh. Horror. I'm, I'm almost I know getting what this exhausted is. of talking about this movie. And it's in my but, list. <laughs> I feel like I ha- like I have to talk about it. But it is it is. I mean. Oh wait, your your number five was already set. My number five was already set. Well, I'm doing six. You're right. <laughs> I'll edit that out. My number six <laughs> is horror. My number six is the category of horror. It is probably, and maybe let's call it definitely, the most original conceit of a movie um, of this decade. Easily one of the best scripts. My, my Maybe maybe uh, the image that we take away from this, in, in the same way that Heath Ledger is like the performance from the 2010s i think the image that we take from number six get oh, out babadook <laughs> from from get out my number six in of horror course. um and 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 two two images really you get lakeith and kaluuya both with the eyes um are are just like i mean well that's they are they that is the that's that's the only uh blockbuster movie on our on on, on any of our lists that will be taught in uh film school uh 35 40 years from now yeah uh obviously um this movie is incredible, and Jordan Peele, we just spoke about his wife in the last movie, um, and his baby. That's right, Lil Peele. Uh, Lil Peele. Jordan Peele is, Lil I would Patty. think, besides Coogler, the the person I'm most interested to see where he goes, uh, because he well, like it's funny because with Jordan Peele, we I had no idea that he was so into horror. And of course, so no. And like Twilight Zone was such a big influence in him. And I didn't now, care about his hobbies. No, I'm just saying because he's the sketch comedy guy. Him and Key and Peele, right? That's all we knew him as. And then to come out with this was such a like curveball, I think, for most people. I don't think anyone saw it really coming. And it it's one of those movies where after I saw it, I was like, oh, that's that's a classic. That's I, I what, just watched. John, what's, what's the most popular movie of this decade? Most popular, I, would, I don't I, give a shit. One of the one of the Avengers. Pick, pick one. I don't care. This is the. Just, I would say general. probably because you, you, have, you, you also oh. haven't seen them, so that's good. That makes you more of like a normal person. I haven't seen the End Game. Uh, I don't know. I think probably End Game or Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Okay, that's a good one because Force Awakens is fifteen right in the middle. Um, Avatar in this decade? <laughs> no, it's not. I know it's not. Hurt Locker over here, bitch ass. Um, so I, I asked that just because I, I, now that we are moving into this world where more and more people uh, care about film criticism and Rotten Tomato scores and all this kind of stuff where like critical reception and uh, blockbuster is, is, is becoming more understood to the layman, so to speak, I wonder um, uh, how people are going to feel about this, this movie in this decade in retrospective because we right. don't have a, well, like, like for instance, like Game of Thrones, like we have, like there, there's no, there's nothing to talk about with the, the TV show of the, of this decade. It's, yeah, Game, it's of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Shut the fuck up. Exactly. Um, no one had more of the conversation than that. Ex- exactly. And I wonder if maybe if, again, with some time that ends up being what get out is because the Marvel thing I'm with you. And obviously I like more than you, 
but it's still it's still going. It's not it's yeah. not finished. It's not there, there's so much more to it's tell true. in that story, and it's it's probably going to be longer than the 10, 15 years has been happening already. Right. That's my biggest um, problem with it. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I say um, maybe when it's all said and done, Get Out is actually the movie, especially when it comes to ages, because you can argue one hundred percent of that. Or no, we could argue. 85% of that Marvel audience is at Get Out too. Oh, uh mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would Obviously agree. not numbers-wise, but like, you know, uh you know, taste-wise, that's yeah. that's the same thing. And uh, it's also it's very rare for me just to, I mean, uh, your point 100%, I agree. But uh, I think it's also really interesting for me that a guy like Jordan Peele comes out with this movie, completely original idea. Um, obviously, no, well, not completely original. Obviously, there's some and Twilight of Zone. Rel, not stories. outwardly funny. He is not like he is not like he had to force comedy into this movie to get it made. He just made this movie. Yeah, right. and there's there's some comedic moments, but yeah, they mean, they're natural. It's not, there's no you don't feel the studio being like add more Lil Rel. You're like please put more Lil Rel in this movie. He's he's, <laughs> he's so good. So, yeah, he's so great. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting that the original ending he wanted for that movie. I, so I explained that to in. someone yesterday, John. Yeah. Their fucking head exploded. I explained that to them. They were so mad. The, the, because it makes more the, sense for that to be the ending. Yeah, uh, that's but, probably but the yeah, only... It's a, it's a sci-fi movie. The, okay, so um, on the DVD extras of this movie, there's an alternate ending shot where the, the police car that pulls up is a real police car. It is not Lil Rel. It is not a top flight security. It is the police cut to Danny Kaluuya is in prison for real. Yep. And and God bless him, Jordan Peele, first time filmmaker, knew not the move, not the wave. I but it makes sense. Worst movie that makes. Oh, it definitely makes it worse. This th- oh you know but logically it's like oh that's can, how it probably fuck, would end. Fuck what I was talking about with um with with uh, uh biggest movie. There's no f- fuck that. This this is the this is the movie experience of this decade. Uh yeah, that's this fair. is this is that this is that. And honestly. What are we even talking about with the ultimate ending? If you're in a movie theater and yeah, anything else rough. but what we saw happens, soup completely different note. That's completely rough. different note. And now I love the TSA. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I watch Rel on Fox Mondays at eight. I don't, I know, but I, I enjoy him. All right, so we just finished our our bench, our bench, right? So let's uh, go back and recap real quick, and if we need to talk about the category, not the movie, yes. we can discuss it in the term in the bigger picture of the decade. John Carlo, please take it away. Give, uh, give it to me. We do. We do all five. Yeah, one one at a time for each, and oh, if time. they overlap, it'll I'll understand. Uh, so I did War slash Western Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, so your war. So yeah, I, yeah. Do you have anything else to say about that category? I, I mean, besides it being weak, it wasn't. I, I don't think the there later were, in time we get the less we will get of those movies. I don't think there were a lot of great war movies this decade. Um, I wrote, war means something different to this decade though because we are. Well, you had like we are. I mean, Osama bin Laden uh, dies in two thousand eleven, right? It's ten or ten or eleven. I forget. He died in it's April two thousand eleven. Yeah, so. So then, that, that's easy for us because the the beginning of the decade that that literally yeah. sets up the stage for Zero Dark Thirty this yes. year. I guess this year is the report, um, but yeah. really we we are living. We're slowly getting to a place where. Uh, what are you talking about contemporary war movies? Because they're always going to make a World War Two. Well, war. no, in, I'm saying in our li- in our <laughs> lifetimes, uh, yeah. the the first decade was about the Middle Eastern War, and this decade is 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 about our president right now. Basically, this this decade is about the two presidents that we got. Uh, without a doubt. Um. Well, you have Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, which are kind of like inte- like are good sure. uh, pieces together. Is there, there? There's no definitive Brexit move, right? We just got three kind of okay ones, right? You say Brexit? Yeah, there's no definitive Brexit movie. I don't know if there's any Brexit movie. There's an, there's an HBO Brexit movie. There's oh, a Benedict Cumberbatch so. Brexit. Movie. Oh, I don't I don't oh, know about it. Yeah. I think it's a little too early for a Brexit movie because it hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> uh, no, I know that's 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 what I'm saying. Um, 
I mean, there was a there was I was surprised how many westerns there were. What else uh, you got? For there's uh, Django, obviously, which we talked about, but we that didn't. was oh, I guess yeah, that was my other runner. Uh, also, Hateful Eight. If we're gonna talk about Tarantino, you know, both those movies. Yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs from last year. For sure. Uh, but see, that's, that's what I'm saying. You're you're talking more. But these are those filmmakers. Are, you're talking about the movies of Quentin Tarantino and Joel and Ethan Cohen. Sure. Uh, Hell or High Water, which I think is a really great Western. Yeah. yeah. Uh, modern Western. And then I also had down Triple Frontier, which is kind of like a nah, West. You're uh, it. No, it's, it's a heist movie. I'm sorry. It's kind of like it's a war drama. movie. It's a drama disaster heist movie. Well, I mean, it has war elements in it, uh, mm. especially that opening yeah. uh, set piece. But, I mean, it was like, eh, doesn't really work. But there, there's some good stuff about that. But yeah, I didn't have a lot for that category. Would you um, want me to do my next one? Um, no, no, no. So when you said, uh, war, it, it, it made me think, uh, about something that I wrote down for this one. Oh um, yeah. What do you In have? regards to war, the planet of the apes, this, oh, I didn't this really decade count those has, as, like, movies, so th- no, no, are. no, of course I'm just saying the word. This decade has two franchises with three critically acclaimed movies that no one talks about. The planet of the apes movies and the star Trek movies yeah. all made money, all got critically acclaimed reviews, all had relatively famous, uh, or rather, uh, critically acclaimed directors attached to every single one of them, and yeah. I feel like they kind of just came and went. Um, I don't know that they, I don't know that I've talked to any person who like loves those movies, and I know that millions and millions of people saw them. Well, I think war movies are really interesting, and I think they work better over time. And you know, I'm talking about two franchise movies: War of the Planet of the Apes and Star Trek, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, but I'm saying like like I feel like there's a lot of times like I've watched some. Uh, war movies recently like I watched Downfall recently which is from the aughts which is a fantastic movie that uh, like blew my mind actually like I was really surprised how good that movie is I watched um, I've seen Sicario recently which is a war adjacent no it's war adjacent the the second Sicario is kind of a war movie the Uh, second Sicario is closer to zero Dark Thirty I watched a French movie called Army of Shadows which uh, Jean-Pierre Melville made oh oh, I saw that I like that that. it's a fantastic movie and it's about a guy who was actually in the French resistance who made it so it's very personal to him and it is that's a very good mention it is a great movie it is dark but like when you look at these war movies a lot of the times it reflects stuff that's happening in the current day and they don't necessarily like. There's a World War II movie that we made like in the ninety in 1998, like Saving Private Ryan, and there could be a What's similar Saving Private Ryan, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's very mm-hmm. popular. Um, and then there's they could be make a, a World War II movie, or even look, look better example, uh, Pearl Harbor, which came out yikes. in 1999 or 98 or 99. Either way, yikes! Terrible movie. Uh, and then you have basically a, a a recent movie, Midway, which is a very similar. Story. It takes place at the beginning of that movie is Pearl Harbor, and Great it goes directors. on to the Battle of Midway, which is about a a, a two month period, uh, and they couldn't be more different. And because war movies usually reflect current day stuff, even if they're talking about something that happened, uh, you know, two hundred years ago, the movie like Ron, which is a Kurosawa film from the '60s that is fucking fantastic. Bro, we could be in a war but, right now. I wouldn't even know fucking around paying attention to this impeachment. War is a really interesting um, genre that I think that it it works with age, but you don't see people make as many war movies nowadays. I, we're, we're growing, we're growing out of it, and that's a good thing because it's not reflecting our society. Yeah, because it, as as soon as we invade someone else, we'll have a thousand more war movies. I promise you. Sure. Um, but like even movie like Doctor Strange Love, which is a, a, essentially a comedy, is talking a lot about like you know. Shit that was going on with Kennedy and Nixon and all this stuff. So, like, there's... there's, 
ancillaries to real life that for are sure, made in for them. Sure. So, uh, so my number ten was directorial debut, but you haven't gotten there yet. So we can. I haven't gotten that. to that. That's okay. I have some. What's your number nine? My number nine was superhero. Was superhero okay? We yeah, we don't have to talk about the superhero. I mean, I but like to to put a point, this decade okay. is the decade of superheroes. I mean, without, oh, yeah. without a doubt, without you would you would have to actually not have. You you have to be what's 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 old girl without a TV? You'd have to be Janine Garofalo. Yeah, you have to be Janine Garofalo. You had to be a luddite. It, but it went from being more fringe in the aughts. It was sure. is when it started to turn. But this decade became like, oh, that's the monoculture now. I, I, I say this sincerely, John. I, you, I I can't stress what it means that you did not watch those Captain America movies when they came out because they're I haven't in the, seen any of the Captain America because they're in the middle of the decade two and three specifically. Are in 2014, 2016, and I guarantee you, your entire idea of what these movies are would have changed if you have just seen those movies. It's very possible. Day. Very possible. Um, I hear Thor two is great. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, my, yeah, that was my number nine. eight category. My number nine was action adventure. Is there anything else? That, I mean, I, I'll, I'll I'll have a, jo- a moment I for John Wick. I'll I have a, a thousand moments for John Wick. I Shout out to all I, three of those movies. I didn't talk to uh, my action yet, but oh, I think action oh. action is a category that I think is thriving right now. Where there's, mm, yeah. Define thriving. Well, obviously, we're not in like the era of like the 80s and the 90s where the yeah, big movies were mean? the action movies. But there are more action movies making being made now than I think ever. Because it's the ability for... Are you the, including superhero movies? What, what, what am no, I I'm not. I'm going superhero separately. Name me five action movies that came out this year, John. This year? Yeah. Action? Well, do you count... Well, all right. So I, I guess action kind of blends into other categories. Yeah, what are you talking about? Action has to sneak into other stuff. It doesn't get to be John Wick anymore. That's the whole point. Right. There's, okay, there's no pure straight yeah. action movies like there used to be, but... There's not, there's not fighting because, movies. Like because the, the ability to make explosions uh, through graphics sure. and stuff like that is so much is more... Is Hobbs and Shaw an action movie? Yeah, absolutely. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a fucking bummer. That's not ideal. No, <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying the fact that you can make uh, the like crazy car crashes, explosions, so much easier now is that you're seeing more and more of that in movies. So I think that yes, not maybe straight action like a Die Hard movie or you know Transformers. We don't have movies where there's just a police officer that has superpowers. Twenty One Bridges, man, so good, so good. Honestly, should that have been on one of our top five? I didn't put any 2019 movies. No, I said on our top fives. The I it was, was I love Twenty One Bridges. Oh my god! Next next category for you. Uh, right, so that would be, yeah, so not, my number 10 was director debut, my number 9 was action, my number 8 was superhero, my number 7 was animation. I think we actually talked plenty about animation. Is there anything yeah. else you want to say about animation? I don't watch a lot of animated movies, but, um, uh, I don't know. Boss- I, well, I can tell you there are, there is a whole another uh, subsection of animated movies that people are about to go preview to when HBO Max starts. Uh, the thing that DC has been doing, that Marvel has not been doing, that I, I just found out the financials about, like, how much money they make, which is outstanding um, yeah is the straight to dvd uh anime movies there is a there is a whole okay. history since like 97 basically of like all sure like batman yada yada movies that are going straight to dvd for uh warner bros that made them like a shit ton of money apparently and marvel has not even like cracked the service of that but apparently disney plus is gonna fucking fix all that so that's oh. all i gotta say about animation great um what you got for uh, six six i had comedy I had horror. Oh, I skipped skipped sci fi. Uh, sci fi. You didn't do your sci fi yet. I did not, and I do want to wait for sci fi. So I had not. horror for six. What you got? Do, uh, do, I didn't. I didn't do horror one? yet. But we can talk about horror because um, yeah. We'll talk no, about no, 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 no. Let's wait for horror till, till we okay. get to your horror. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and then what you got? So then I had comedy was the only other one. 
Mm, yeah, I want to wait till I do my comedy because it's coming okay. soon. Okay, cool. So just we'll to recap, my number 10 was directorial debut. My number 9 was action. My number 8 was superhero. My number 6 was animation. My number... Uh, oh, no, my 7 was animation. 6 was horror. We're getting to the top 5, boss. All right. We're getting to 5. Okay. Now, top... Obviously, you're No, let me start. Let me start. My 5 was is war slash westerns, uh, which was Logan. Take okay. it Okay. Good call. Yeah. My 5, uh, my 5th player, my, my, my worst starter... Uh-huh. My um, Anthony Mason. Understand that I have <laughs> Daphne Keene being my center right now, so I'm just I'm just letting you know. I like that. Um, is uh, the genre of action? My quick runners up are Sicario uh-huh. and Mad Max Fury Road. Cool, love- and that's perfect because we were just talking about action. Um, so I love those movies. So 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 let's 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 go into this category thing. So Mad Max definitely pure action. I am very much of the opinion that Mad Max is becoming overrated beyond my wildest dreams I, I i can't believe it's gotten to the place that it's gotten to i was surprised the initial reaction of it but i it's very rare you see a movie that's just like like george romero like yeah do whatever you want george romero miller miller what i say george romero <laughs> that's the the zombie movie guy right uh, like i remember everyone's name no, I'm I, old. I just like the idea of george miller being hispanic <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Pretty good. Um, yeah. So yeah, George Miller, like, uh, just like, hey, you want to just, uh, just do some, some, some crazy shit? Uh, I just, I, lo- <laughs> I just, I just, I mean, that's what this movie you is. Want to do some crazy? Now it is, and it's fun. But no, my my pick, I didn't say my pick yet. Those are my runners up. John Wick. I fucking love the John Wick movies, and the first John Wick is just super entertaining to me. I've seen it. Probably way too many times, but uh, it's a lot of fun. I love the idea of like just like the vengeance plot and just going it's after. So it. even uh, as a franchise, too, all three movies are good equally for different reasons. The first one is the first the one's my, good movie. The first one's the best one. Second one's the most consistent. Third one has the has has high highs. The, the yeah. beginning of, of three is is maybe oof, is that Boyan Bogdanovich. Well, no, no, fuck Boyan, the, the knives, the, the throwing glass that's stuck in your body. I'm sorry. The, the part of three where he literally takes two and a half full minutes to put together a gun to take one shot is hysteric. I love it. Oh, my God. Dukakis' expression the whole movie. <laughs> I just also, I just love the lore that this movie set up because it's introduced this underworld with this extra currency and all this stuff. And they set up all these rules, but they don't give you too much. They just tease little bits of information here and there so that... Obviously, it's Speaking stupid. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Information, I almost threw up when I had to repost on our Instagram page uh, that John Wick Four and The Matrix Four are coming out the same, same day. day. I was like, oh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> uh, but I, I think Keanu Reeves is having a really cool resurgence right now. And my, my runner-up for this category was. Oh, sorry, continue. No, I was just, I'm just saying, like, uh, I think it's really cool to see, like, a guy who, the who director for this movie is a guy who came from uh, being a stunt coordinator and being That's a. Right. Uh, yeah, and he was. Uh, he took that and was like, "Well, let's start from that and work Gun our food. way backwards." And it's great. Um, so I, I mean, I really enjoy the John Wick movies; a lot of fun. So that's my five best accents in the game, no doubt about it. <laughs> um, so I went with uh, adventure in terms of action slash adventure. If yes. I had gone action, it was going to be this, or it was going to be Inception, a a uh, a movie that I'm, I'm. It's like in seven genres. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it isn't the the action sci-fi heist movie um, would have been uh, my my other action movie. Um, which I still maintain is. So you're saying John Wick's your favorite, right? Yes. If Inception is in the category, do you like Inception more than John Wick? It's a toughie. That is. Tough. I, I I couldn't decide. I can't. Which is why I can't. Hunt for the Wilder People was the easier answer. <laughs> Straight up. 
I like that pick. It's a real thought process I had. So real quick, I'm going to do my number four real quick because it is horror. And um, real quick, my runners-up are A Quiet Place, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, well, you, well, you have to tell me what basketball player your, your power Oh, number four. Is. Well, obviously number four. Based off your, your actual It's answer, John though. Starks because uh, I'm going ninety. I'm going 94 Knicks on this, apparently. Daphne Keene would wreck John Starks. Oh, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> but no, they don't play the same position. That doesn't matter. She's you're, you're right. Because um, that's clearly a Only Cade's going to get this. Um, <laughs> so A Quiet Place, uh, Cabin in the Woods, which I think is... Uh, for someone who doesn't like a lot of horror, it's really funny because it, it, it takes all the horror. Um, Can't believe I'm saying this, but Cabin in the Woods is like very Get Out like, where it was like it was so yep. original at the time. It was very like, oh shit, and it was oh shit. Drew, like, Go- yeah. Drew Goddard's first film, and he does a fantastic job, and it's it's really funny, and it's got a good horror element my, to some it. Some of my favorite movies are movies that all that take a very interesting path to get somewhere that you yourself could have like thought of. You, you anyone could conceive the idea of it, but how you get there, like the journey better than destination or whatever, I is, love, is on on exit. I uh, love the idea that this movie explains. Why horror movies are the way horror movies are, and it's mm-hmm. really, it's really good. Very um, Dale and Tucker versus Evil, and shouts to Jenkins and uh, and Bradley. That is that is yes. that is a duo for the decade. That is a, that is a fun group. They're the bad Brad- boys of two thousand. Bradley Whitford and, and Richard Jenkins are incredible in this movie. Yeah. Um, and this is you know an unfamous uh, Hemsworth. Uh, I want to say Chris, Chris Hemsworth pre Thor. Uh, no one who really was no not, not pre Thor. It's the year after. Well, it was filmed before Thor came out. Oh, it was? Yeah, because okay. the whole like, Drew Goddard said he didn't want anyone famous to be in the five. You know, you know, Thor was going to be Hiddleston, right? Well, that's weird. Um, that is weird. But uh, anyway, so my number one already mentioned Get Out, of fantastic movie. We talked about it enough. Your number four. My number four is comedy. My number four is comedy. It You're was saying this is a joke. <laughs> my number four is comedy. Uh, this was another one. No, there's no, there's no runner up. There's nothing to talk about. This is a movie that I will watch for the rest of my life, and and maybe thus far, maybe it's it's not the defining comedy of the of like my lifetime, obviously or whatever. But it's 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 the it's the comedy for me that I appreciate now more than any other, and that is Chris Rock's 2014 Top Five. Okay, this yeah. is the movie. That yet again, we're not giving it credit, but like in a in a sick twisted way, this is a movie that is like. Uh, High Flying Bird and Uncut Gems and all these movies that are like incepted out of us because it's a Chris Rock uh, love movie yeah. with an actress we love and want to see more of yeah. uh, uh, That where the whole conceit of it is a list like this about top five rappers um, with Kevin Hart cameos and uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Adam Sandler scenes for God's yeah. sake um, and DMX like it, 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 it hits a thousand checkboxes and well, me and thing. you say this all the time this is legit the best Kevin Hart performance that people don't talk about this is for real it's like either that. this or Hobbs yeah. and Shaw yeah. um, but I think the beautiful thing about this is that Chris Rock was like I want to put a hundred people a hundred funny people in this movie they're all just going to have one moment and everyone knocks it out of the park uh, like the like little touches like freaking Brian Regan, DMX, like put some stank on it. Just so ridiculous. There's these little bit, and then you have a really compelling story from start to finish about a guy who's struggling to deal with his alcoholism and his comedy, and it's the story guided, works. Guided by a tempered JB Smooth that was still giving yes. some big girl jokes. I'm guided by a, a oh man, JB in that last uh, scene where he's just like smirking. I'm like. This is this is just fun. This is Great. capital F U N fun. Like, but the ability to like have a um, a small cast, uh, like central cast, that's moving their way through all these different cameos, but you still really keep the attention onto them. It's it's 
Tracy Morgan, Michael Che, Leslie but Jones, just every single person is in this movie cooking with gas. Um, and yeah. as we talked about in uh, in our Head of State podcast, um, Hollywood, li- listen to me. Chris, let Chris Rock be your romantic lead. I, I'm dead yeah. serious. Make rom coms with job. Chris Rock where he writes and directed them straight up. He might Give be, me the yeah. He might be aging out of that. <laughs> ah, damn. I guess you're right. That's the yeah. You're right. That there is a cap on on that for sure. You're right. Well, they, thank God for top five then. That's comedy, Bob. It's great. Oh, yeah. oh no. I'm sorry. This is and this is the thing that I want to talk about. Big oh, picture yeah. with comedies. Yes, big picture. Um, it, it's who, it's been a, it's a weird decade. Who's for our who's our who is our comedic voice, John? Who is the comedic voice that does it? No, it, I mean is no, it the Kevin answer, Hart. Yeah, no, the, the answer is Kevin Hart. It's not yeah. a debate either. Um, uh, and in terms of like presence, it has to be him. Well, that but I'm saying, but has, that's never been more complicated. I, maybe you can cut this if you want, but I also think that uh, next pod we should do a best movie moments of the year, a quick segment because we have because Star Wars was sure. the one I was waiting for. Um, uh, it was hard as our as our comedic voice of this decade is so complicated because people like me and John know that he is he's crushing it in the stand-up game. He like, is, yeah. He, he's going bonkers, in his, like, especially with consistency. Um, but these movies are just making me sick to my stomach, man. Like, I, I mean, what am I supposed to do? The crazy I thing about... Jumanji. I didn't see it. I wasn't that interested to be... The, for the first one, I haven't seen the second one either. I haven't seen either. Oh. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about Kevin Hart is when I talk to me about Kevin Hart's stand-up, people have the impression that he does, like, clean comedy almost, which is boggling because if you ever watch a Kevin Hart stand-up, he's dirty as hell. Really? What, where do you... I swear to God, there's like no. We clearly don't read the same news. There's there's a weird confluence of people that see his movies and get the mixed up with his stand up because I don't think people watch. You mean like they see his Instagram and they maybe that too. I mean maybe movies aren't that yeah. No, but he does he he does a little more family stuff in his movies. No, no, for sure. But like I I remember uh, like seeing especially now. No, 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 for, for sure. I just mean like, but he's uh, fantastic in Central Intelligence. His his standup also goes to theaters. That's that's well, yeah. Well, has, that, has that ever happened before? Theaters, yes. In a uh, no, no, stadiums, no. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Consistently doing no, no, stadiums. No, stand-up, is no, like Kings of Comedy. Standup has gone there. I'm saying like, has anyone ever actually done that? Like just for their career and it and it been financially viable? Well, these things are costing more money, not less. The one has one of them has Don oh, I mean, and Holly Berry in it. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um... No one's done we it on the li- on on yeah we did uh, at the link right that was the one at the link no at, at your at your old apartment no I'm saying yeah we we didn't go to the link <laughs> oh the one that, sorry yes yeah <laughs> the one he did at the link no I think that it's interesting because um, the funny thing about Kevin Hart is that you listen to people when he first started up in comedy they said that oh he wasn't funny for years but, that's that's weird too I never had that opinion <laughs> no no I'm saying the people like that came up in the same no, no, time no, no, as him no, no. he, they said he has that a whole he, like underground comedy movie base but with like straight to DVD movies that are all funny in my opinion well, no when he was doing his early stand up days yes. like promoters and other comics were like he wasn't funny he was it's just weird. there every he day he has comedy records from and, like 2001 on Spotify that are not that good and he learned to be a comic from just repetition and hard work and he's just like I'm going to be a good I'm going to be a successful comic and just kind of like willed into existence and it's really impressive because now he's really fucking funny but, but but me and you always talk about this he's he's goddamn him and Jennifer Lawrence need to get their film careers back yeah, on track I know. um what's going on we're going to save that for the end um but uh uh as as that voice um massive disappointment at, at the at the cinematic box office but, I would agree but honestly I'm looking at we, me and you should start doing this more because I, I've only seen one of them in theaters I want to start seeing all these Kevin Hart stand-ups in theaters now the more yeah. I think about it I'm like I'm, I'm a fucking idiot waiting for them to be free on Netflix I should I know, be right? paying to see this with somebody yeah that's fair um, that's your number four right comedy is my number four it is my Danilo Gallinari I like a stretch for it Danilo I love I love him 
Big fan of Danilo. Take it away, boss. Number three. I went to documentary. Now, documentary is an interesting category because, uh, I mean, decade for documentary. Because there's probably more documentaries now than there ever needs to this be. This is the perfect example of, of, of movies getting better with time. That's that's not up for debate. There, I there agree with that. There have been more by-number well-reviewed documentaries. But there is so many okay documentaries that came out this decade. But isn't that because, <laughs> isn't that because of TV? Isn't that because yes, TV 100%. is now just okay uh, true crime? That's what that's what it is. Hundred percent. That's what podcasting is. That's what that's what that's what it all is. I watched this documentary called Casting Jambonet. That is the biggest snooze of all time. Oh my God. Anthony Dustinick recommended that on the podcast, and I, I watched a little bit of it too. So he's it's terrible. It's one of the worst movies. I've I didn't seen. like the uh, the extremely wicked and close. To, uh, his that guy's other real <sighs> the, conf- um, the confessions. Yeah. Of, yeah, no, terrible. But there was three that I picked from this decade that are all very different. Hold up, but before, before you get into three, I want to also want to talk about sure. the bigger picture. Um. Netflix is now becoming, I think, the place to get what you right now are, are pointing at. Yes. The solution is Netflix, because Netflix is now basically on a run of, since 2015 with the Nina Simone one, once they have, they have many documentaries a year, yep. one of them is excellent. One Netflix documentary a year is excellent. Uh, without a doubt. Like, for example, last year, Icarus, which is a really interesting documentary, and they've done, they've had a couple of those that have been pretty... American Factory this year, yeah. American Factory, yes. Um, and you're right. There's probably by maybe one... I, I, I love Amanda Knox. For, in terms of the true crime ones, that Amanda Knox one is fucking crazy. It is good. But, I mean, I already a lot of that stuff wasn't new. I've already known no, that no, story, that, that so, was one yes. where the, um, the Amanda Knox one, specifically, just visually, the, the, the cam work in that one is just... Is oh, like, yeah, no, it's, it's just beautiful, a beautiful yeah. vista of Italy. Like, yeah. Um, I know that's a crazy fucking story, but, uh, so the three that I, I, I narrowed it down to, and it was very difficult for me because there was some interesting, this, documentaries. Is, a this is a like, two horse race for me. Um, uh, first, uh, my runners up are tickled, which, okay. yep. um, just because like that story blew my mind. And when you see a documentary that makes a dramatic turn like halfway through, Rogers. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, anytime you have a documentary that makes like a crazy turn like that, it's nuts. Um, uh, then, um, my s- you should tell people what Tickled is. Oh, Tickled is about, um, there was this, uh, I believe he's Australian uh, documentarian, who found this story about this underground competitive tickling thing. And he was like, well, these are really weird videos. So he reached out to the people, the company that was in charge, and it turns out it was like this really weird guy who was running this whole crazy fetish tickling video ring. And it... <laughs> I and it's 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 tickle video ring. It's, it's, it's fucking, that's the name of my fantasy team next year. It's fucking bananas, tickle. and it's on it's on HBO, and and there's a featurette where they they showed it at Sundance, and the guy who it's about shows up. It's nuts. You gotta. It's tickled is worth a watch. It's it's crazy. Crazy My number, uh, the one that just barely didn't make it for me because these are my these two documentaries that I'm my, my first me. and second are literally two of my favorite documentaries I think I've ever seen. I know we got the same answer. Come on. Uh, I have Faces Places is my runner. Never mind. It's <laughs> my runner up for fa- is Faces Places, which is Agnes Var- uh, Varda, uh, one of her last movies. Unfortunately, she passed away recently. She was a uh, new a uh, new wave French film director, but she did this movie with this guy Jr. And the two of them are just traveling through small towns in France, taking photos and then turning those photos into these large murals. And it's. It's beautiful and really interesting. It's a quick, easy watch. I would highly recommend it. Sounds terrible. Um, my number one pick is my favorite movie from last year. Tell it me. is Mining the Gap. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a one and only documentary from the this young, uh, this young um, I believe he's uh, Chinese-American. 
And uh, it's the story of these kids in this small city that's mostly seemingly isolated city. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, a movie group of skateboarders about, about these kids from the middle of America and and the and the problems that they have with their life. This this movie does not need to be explained about yes. plot, plot, plot because it's 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 so universally recommended. Every every person I believe it's on Hulu. Yeah. So uh, is this it will it will never leave Hulu. It is a Hulu property. Uh, okay, it is. Yeah. Okay. This, so it, yeah, yeah. watch this Mind is, the Gap. It's yeah, it's incredible. We this, don't want to go into detail on it because it, it you need to see it. No, we, we can go with broad, broad, we can go with broad broad about it, but but yeah, it it is it's a it's about family and poverty and life and everything you can imagine. But it's yes. just glorious. And what it really is is um the uh, the uh, as, as I keep saying about documentaries, it's the ch- it's the changing of the medium. We we're we're really there's yes. no there's really no rules with documentaries this decade. It makes me, I've never seen a documentary like this before. It's it's something else. This this is this is a movie. This is a narrative story about people. Yes, straight up. The fact that it's a documentary is basically an afterthought because there's also beautiful intercutting uh, skateboard stuff that is like genuinely like hip to type maybe even like moving like the, yes. the skateboard the, the filming of skateboarding in this movie is is moving it, it, you can feel it in your goddamn heart yeah mind the gap so uh it's fantastic. this is a, so we're getting late into the list so i can say mind the gap is also my number one uh choice for documentary documentary for me is two Documentary for me is two. Mind in the Gap is my is my second most important. That's movie your Dwayne Wade from the deck. <laughs> it, it is exactly this. Is, Mind in the Gap is my Dwayne Wade. Now my runner up for documentary, yeah, was going to be Amy. That's a, that's the two horse race for me because that was close on my list too. Amy, if people don't know, Amy's a 2015 documentary um, that is unlike anything you'll ever see yes. because it is the it's the first of its kind in so many ways. A- Amy Amy Winehouse is obviously. Uh, it's tragic because she died when she was young, but because of her age, she's the first person, basically, that a documentary has been made about in this age range where we have uh, the found footage of her. We oh, have, yeah, yeah, that's We point. have what amounts to her Instagram in yeah. uh, real-life pictures of her, real-life videos taken of her on, like, camcorders because it's, like, 2003, four, but we have, we basically have what her Instagram story would be to some degree. And on and moreover than that, what we have is like straight up images, like a photograph of Amy Winehouse smoking crack. We we have that stuff, and and we don't we don't even have that of like Whitney Houston and Tina Turner. Like that's right. That's like legit. Like that's that's fucking crazy. So I think those two things combined just make it a viewing experience unlike anything you will ever see in the documentary genre. Yeah, um, that and that that guy. I mean, the one thing also is that he doesn't have a. There's no narrative, like no one telling the story. It's no, it's, it's about the essence of Amy it's Winehouse. It's all videos telling the story. There's not no. Well, there's, there's no, no. So there, there's not never a voiceover. Cut. No, there, no, there, there is, there is complete. The, the whole movie is voiceover. There is well, no cut. There's yes, no cutting you know I mean. to, to. There's no cutting to Talking Heads. It's not your traditional At no documentary point in this movie. Right. Do you see uh, most deaf? talking you hear most deaf talking you right. hear most deaf saying like oh, oh my god i was impressed that this little 22 year old girl could out drink and out smoke me like three times over but you never cut to that thing you are you are living in the world like i said you're right. living in the world of her instagram yeah I, I, I would explain it poorly but yes it's it's there's no like cutting to the interview no. it's not that the whole thing is is that yes, right the entire thing is and images that, and videos of amy winehouse at the time they're speaking of that director he's done three documentaries now they're all similar styles like he's senna just wrote, and what's medias uh one? no the diego oh. maradona no i know I'm, I'm saying the name senna and then what's the the name of the guy but so it's called maradona yeah the name of the, the it's movie. called diego maradona okay gotcha, gotcha. it's just yeah it's it's a the he full name that one gotcha. um so my number two no, 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 we're not on two. That's I was, I was, I was saying that's my two because of that. I am now on. Oh, three. you didn't do three yet. I am on three. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. You're well, number was, three. No, it's fine. That's why I was like two, three. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, my number three is. This, this. is your Chris Bosch. <laughs> my my number three is uh 
the the category that I almost had the hardest time with, but then I was able to make Ex Machina my uh, directorial debut, so it worked out. It's space, it's space sci-fi. My space sci-fi is Interstellar. Now, okay. let's let's talk space movies. 2010s, John. You call that the Final Frontiers. All right, so we got Ex Machina. A lot of space movies. Gravity, uh, Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm missing one other one. What's the other big one I'm missing? Interstellar, The Martian. Oh, The Martian. Thank you. Exactly. Did you say Gravity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Martian. So, uh, Gravity, the uh, Gravity and Interstellar are in a two horse race again for me in this one. Gravity is my favorite disaster movie of this decade. Gravity. Oh, okay. I rewatched Gravity, John. Tell me right now, how long is Gravity? Um, I would say it's like two and a half. Gravity is one hour and thirty-two minutes. No, is it really? The whole thing is a is a rocket ship of motion. And honestly, shame on me. I thought the same thing. Shame on both of us because of the movie that he made right before that. He just made Children of Men. What the yeah. fuck are we talking about? The f- Roma is by far the exception in his in his. Huh. In his yeah, yeah. It's it's a buck thirty, John. It's a buck thirty. Oh, I gotta rewatch Gravity. And, and and I mean, I'm I actually and now that I'm saying that you, I'm sure you're you're remembering. It's actually a very very tight movie yeah. where the only thing that happens is she gets lost. That's it. Two other faces. One you can barely see, but you do see a picture of this Indian doctor in Clooney who comes back once. As now, a Interstellar is 15 hours? <laughs> <laughs> that. Thank you very much. That is my, my boy. Another reason we do the podcast. Now. It's very so, long. So, so this is the thing. So this is why I want to talk to you about this. So that's that's great, but and, and, I, and then I rewatched Interstellar. Interstellar yeah. is a grand, massive space epic yes. with the exact same twist as Arrival, but worse than Arrival. It's still, I agree it's, with that. John, I'm sorry. Interstellar moved the fuck out of me. It, I've, I've I never re-watch liked it, it more. I've I need never to rewatch it. it. This, is the, this is the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. Completely blew away. All the emotion that everyone says Christopher Nolan doesn't have is com- is completely in that movie. Um, the Casey Affleck thing didn't bother me. Jessica Chastain's younger version of the girl is just... Oh my god! I, I, his best female oh, character for Christopher Nolan yeah. movie. No, I mean, I, for real, and she is. She's low list. <laughs> um, she she is great. Uh, when 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 you find out Michael Caine lied to them and actually the Earth is going to die, that is yeah. a great twist. Vi- visually, it's becoming underrated. Vi- visually, people people are forgetting what it is because I remember one of the best complaints that I heard about it was like, if I see one more shot of that camera stuck inside <laughs> of that spaceship, I get that. Super true. That's Fair. a lot of the movie. But what you forget is that that movie poster comes to life there is a there are yes. a thousand shots of that turquoise purple and pink with the yellow dots swirling that you get to see that you are that christopher nolan gives us in 2014 and then the 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 the, the, the reality of it i'm sorry to tell you guys this is the best matthew McConaughey point what the fuck are we talking about mcconaughey runs circles around Anne hathaway in this movie we have a little bit of david o'yellow out of nowhere i don't care what anyone says this is my mcconaughey better than mud that's no <laughs> One of the movies that I rewatched. He's for great in Mud. He's very good in Mud. Mud is a movie way worse than I remember. I was really bummed about Mud. Saw it again. Have you seen the movie he did with Anne Hathaway this year? <laughs> no, but I'm. But I'm. I thought we were gonna pot about it. Please, please tell me we get to pot about Serenity. Oh, Serenity. I'm, is well, so so what's your crazy. What's your uh, McConaughey first? Then tell me your space movie shit about the decade. Space. Well, I think. No, uh, McConaughey first. McConaughey first. McConaughey is very interesting because he's clearly a super talented actor, but he also makes a lot of weird choices. What, what do you mean by talented? He has one speed, and it's a matter of the director uh, of shaping that. It's yeah, a matter. Of the, he has 100%. one thing, but the thing and, that, and, and, and funny and funny. The, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He has two. He has two but when he do, but he does that like weirdo like stuff. When he 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 swings. And sometimes he knocks Swanks? it out. Swings? He say? swings. He's okay. And when he swings, he either hits it out of the park. Him and Favreau. 
or he fucking hits a foul ball out of the park the other episode you, way. So you feel this was a swing. I feel like this is a feat of direction and his career no, coming but at the that's, same time. Well, that's what's interesting about this movie, because okay. this is one of the few movies where he's kind of like this is. I think contained. this is Nolan's best work directing a person. Because yeah. Christian Bale is a better actor than Christopher Nolan is director. I'm sorry to say he's Christian like, Bale is Christian Bale is maybe our, our current best living actor right now. So I'm, I'm sorry. Christian Nolan's like the fourth or whatever for director. Whatever. Yeah. But, continue, but continue. That's what I'm saying. Christian Bale oh, doesn't yeah. help as no. much. So I, th- it's, I mean, normally with McConaughey, you get extremes. And yes, with this, his, for sure. It, Swings, as you said. Yes, for yes. sure. So uh, for me, this is interesting because it's he is really contained in this, and he's and fantastic. It and it's and also he's a he's really McConaughey, the the genius of McConaughey being cast in this movie, and everyone was all freaking out. Yeah, like it was Ben Affleck being Batman or whatever. But it's like, dude, well directed. McConaughey is a is a is an astronaut or a pilot. He's he's space cowboys. He's, he's fucking Armageddon. He's any of those dudes, and it, it doesn't really you don't think about it like that. But it's like obviously, duh, yes, yeah. for sure, it's like. He's only I, he's only dumb because we because he decided to play dumb in those movies. That's the only reason he plays saying. dumb. Well, his though. accent can be very endearing. His way of of moving and speaking, like him he's saying, very, "Oh, Murph, oh, Murph," is, is moving in this movie. He's very he's very charming. He's very likable, uh, and just in general. And um, yeah, but the thing is that he takes these really weird movies sometimes. Just t- like t- um, past tense, right? Yeah, he's not. No, now he's making yeah. great choices. He well, he did Serenity this year, but um, see trees. Uh, <laughs> he's the Logan Paul. No, let's not bring. Continue. His sorry, sorry, but he no, is. I'm it, sorry, it, but he is. It's. I don't know. It's. It's really interesting. I, I. I'd like to see what McConaughey does now because he's. He's now he's built. He's built up his clout. Yes. Where it hasn't been in a very long time because he did have a moment where he was making some really good thrillers like A Time to Kill and um. Nineties. Uh, in the nineties, the, the mid to late nineties, he was great. And then he started doing all these weird rom coms, and he started doing these really small films, and he doing all these interesting roles. And I'm sure for him, it really it was important. But um, you see, when I think it started with True Detective, uh, when it started turning around, right? Lincoln Lawyer, Lincoln Lawyer, yeah, you're right. Lincoln Lawyer is one, but then there's a bit of a gap, and then it starts to no, build no, no, it's, up. it's what what the reconnaissance in in reality. Because Interstellar in, in is actual, what 2014. Yes, in, in actual order, the reconnaissance is the is the Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer, it is, yeah. it is the combination of all the indies of so Mud, Bernie, yada, yada, yeah, it's all those. Um, and and uh, and uh, oh, da- and then yeah. and then Dallas Buyers Club is the year. Di- Dallas Buyers Club is directly before Interstellar, and it's that. Chunk. You're right. It's 2010, yeah. 2014. Well, you know his. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club is, is thirteen. He wins an Oscar in fourteen. He's in Interstellar. Oh, so that means that right now the version of Matthew McConaughey, Ma- Ma- Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Oh my god! The version of Matthew McConaughey today is his hero from when he won the Oscar. So that's fun. <laughs> not as fun as what you said. Nope, sorry. <laughs> not as fun as McConaughey. Oh, that joke. Wow. That joke could have landed. Um, but I can't speak well. So now, now space movie. This space is our movie, podcast. This we, is a, we talk until we stop. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna space be a, movie and disaster movie. We got so much to talk about. I have genre. a lot. I have a lot of editing to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so there's been some huge space movies. Then uh, space movies kind of like went away for a little bit uh, in terms of like. True space I don't space. Remember the space movies from the decade before this. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, I don't know. there what, wasn't what, like what space space movies. Now you had um, Interstellar, The Martian, First Man, which is a. I also ride for life. Reynolds and life. And life. Absolutely. Um, Ad Astra, Gravity. Like there's a lot of space movies High that life. came out in the last couple of years. High Life, another movie from this year, from a you know another great director. And Unfor- the the unfortunate. Oh wow, that's that's a paradox. The unfortunate Cloverfield paradox. That is a paradox, isn't it? I should have it? just said the Cloverfield paradox. <laughs> you should have. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it's an interesting time for space movies, and there's something about 
space that's just ultimately interesting because it's something that we're never going to really fully grasp. So there's so much. Not if Elon Musk has anything to say about it. Hey, mm. there's so much. This, I mean, this <laughs> that car is really cool. Um, that new truck, you see that? Maybe Unbreakable it, glass. Maybe Yoda riding a shotgun. <laughs> 2019 is coming to an end. So, kill, kill me now. <laughs> I just think that space is always that it's such a it's it's such a rich vein that you can always tap because there it's just it's unknown we can do so much with it even the Star Trek movies the resurgence of the Star Trek movies that's why I that's why I love Gravity Interstellar for being famous and, and getting at that Gravity gets at what you just said in the most literal way it yes is, gra- Gravity is so fucking scary for for parts of it like when you were, I watched it with like the lights out and everything and the sound up it, it's so scary and I don't even like Sandra Bullock I was I was feeling for her though whole movie yeah. and and she's great in too and interstellar is that fucking uh that that actual the the 2001 space house you know the the, the real unknown the isolation these, these big fucking and... questions um and and another thing about interstellar the deaths in interstellar they hurt they hurt something fierce they are all very like physical the the matt damon turning on them is is very rough because you're still hearing his voice in the robot yeah. the rest of the movie there's there's some and, and uh i'm i'm getting to a place where uh Maybe, maybe uh, Christopher Nolan is perhaps underrated as well. Maybe, maybe we're getting to a place where we're not appreciating Christopher Nolan for what he is. He's fantastic. As, as I like, do, I think the, he's the Steven Spielberg of this century thus far. He, the thing about Spielberg is it's the quantity he put out. I don't that that you the the, the thing about him or the problem. With I would say him, he's or more the, or the or the, the singular I would, issue. <laughs> I would I would compare Nolan more to Scorsese than I would to Spielberg. Spielberg was always big budget. I would in terms of like male perspective, kind of cold, kind of like not women-y. I would, I would for like some of the, some of the not good parts. I feel Long like, movies. I feel like, like, I would I, I feel like Michael flaws. Bay's more Spielberg and, Ugh. and Nolan's more Scorsese. Six Underground there, is, is legit the worst movie of the year. Legit. But no, it's Star Wars. Um, <laughs> Damn, that's how you feel. You, oh, you, you were being serious. Oh, no, I hated it. I hated it almost from the I, get. No, it was it was it was it was bad. It was a bad, it was a bad movie. I have to see it again before I say I hate it. It's it, it's bad. <laughs> it's it's bad as shit though. There was sorry. Continue. Hey, space movies. Hey, Star Wars. Be better. <laughs> space was, movies. At least fifteen times Force during Star so Wars. Good. This movie blows. Fifteen. At least fifteen times during that movie, I was like, "This is an this what? is an unfortunate segue." But I guess it's time what? to talk about how the rise of Skywalker blows. <laughs> that movie sucks. I don't want to talk about it. I'm so angry. Number two for me is a documentary. That's why it was Mining the Gap and Amy. Take it away, Johnny Potts! My number two is directorial debut. Uh, this is a guy that... Uh, well, you know what? Let me do my uh, quick... This is a big list of, of, of options, I gotta say. It was ridiculous. I'm, I, well, no. Can I can I read the list of directorial debuts that we had this year? It is For, just, it is, for this 2019? No, for this decade. For okay. this decade. Well, I, we don't have that much time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read you guys... No, name of some big ones, yeah. Oh, I mean... I'm gonna... The, First of all, these are just the people that are directors, not even the actors. These are the directors. Gareth Edwards, D. Reese, J.C. Chandor, David Michaud, Justin Curzel, Taylor Sheridan, Dexter Flexer, Joe Cornish, Drew Goddard, Lorreen Scafaria, Chad Stahelski, Alex Gardner, Robert Eggers, Trey Edward Schultz, Tim Miller, Aaron Sorkin. These are the these are the performers that had directorial debuts this yeah. decade. Bo Burnham, Bradley Cooper, Jonah Hill, Joel Edgerton, Michael Rappaport, Cedric the Entertainer, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Vincent D'Onofrio, Tim Allen, Casey Affleck, Dustin Hoffman, Seth MacFarlane, uh, oh no! Yeah, that's uh, that's Family Guy guy. Yeah, yeah. R- the RZA, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, R- Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Keanu Reeves, Jason Bateman, David Cross, Chris Evans, Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, William H Macy, John Stewart, Natalie Portman, Elizabeth Banks, Don Cheadle, Katie Holmes, Greta Gerwig, Olivia Wilde, Taron Killam, Brie Larson, and Jordan Peele. It's ridiculous. You say Chewy Tell Edgefor? Yeah, I missed you saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, insane. 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 So, and by the way, John, yeah, most of those movies and directors that I just named are good. <laughs> Most of that content in general is very good. <laughs> yeah. 
so my number three is and give this people is, a chance, boy. My number. Oh, well, sorry. Let me wear this. My runners up. First one I picked is just because again. This is a kind of style of movie that you don't see that much anymore. It's a movie called The Way Way Back. It's by Nat Faxon oh, and Jim Rash. Very good movie. Really fun movie. Good movie. Uh, it's kind of Almost overlooked. Adventure. Almost close I would, to adventure. It's yeah, but it's more like a more Kings of Summer. It's more yeah, it's similar to Kings of Summer. Actually, it's not. It it feels no, like yeah, it is. The second half is, but, is the adventure movie in Kings. Right, you're right. You're right. Um, a great performance by um uh Rockford. Uh, what's his name? Oh my God, Sam Rockford. Sam Rockford. Yeah, yeah. Rockwell. Very, uh, Rockwell. Rockwell. I was gonna say, say Rockford. I, I, I don't mean this as a joke, but also some meter on the Dying Girl vibes. Say that again? I was going to say Mirror on the Dying Girl vibes as well. Yeah. I would, good yeah I'm not being good No, that's I, I, I never knew if you liked that movie. Now. I like that movie. It's all right. Okay. Um, Dan Gilroy for Nightcrawler. Yep. Uh, but my pick is, it's got to be Ryan Coogler uh, for Fruitvale. Gotcha. Uh, like, the defin- you know what's strange, too, doing all this research? Fruitvale Station is, 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 is in fact, in, in this post, The Hate You Give and Queen and Slim uh, World, Fruitvale Station is, in fact, the police shooting movie. It, it actually yeah. it maintains that title as like the one because we've we've now gotten a lot of iterations of that mostly good not i'm not hating or whatever right that's 2013 ryan coogler's 25 and a half year old director debut the the best the best one straight up yes yeah. I, I saw the movie again two months ago getting better it, better with time uh, well well the the reason why it's getting better with time is because we just are getting more and yeah. more things yeah but things. no, I'm, I'm, I mean, but more and more the, things are I'm happening that are just confirming this nonsense. We're, we're six years away from its release and seven years away from the way from when it was made. I'm saying, yeah. the the cast obviously and the the filmmaking holds up. That movie well, yeah. is still great. Oh, is, is. Is. that movie is exactly as good as you remember being. And John, strangely, one of the first times I ever saw, and again, this is a Sundance last movie. It's not a big budget movie. Yeah, uh, the the texting on screen, very randomly. Oh, that yeah. in 2013 was pretty new. Yeah. And it's mostly done poorly. In this one, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's become annoying. Absolutely, yes, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that uh, like we, I mentioned earlier, Ryan Coogler is a director. I'm super excited about this movie. Again, like you said, it's about a school shooting. Michael B. Jordan. This basically launched, not a school shooting. No, it's not. Did I say school? Yes. Jesus, police shooting. Police shooting. Yes. Uh, and this movie really launched uh, Michael B. Jordan into um, being a lead actor. And that and. Uh, John. And he's John, like th- with with perspective too, especially now that like we have just more of all the stuff like we're talking about. How crazy is that that an established young actor did that in an independent movie? Oh yeah, none of those things may add up at all. That's that's a very weird confluence of events where, where and it and it works. And I mean. Ryan Coogler now is just like I can't make a movie without him. That's how much he, I, 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 I don't I'm kind of with him. it right now. I don't I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I talked a lot about Ryan Coogler, but and like I said again. How, how iconic is Killmonger for this decade? How iconic is him? Is he is he is he our villain? Yeah, I think so. Is he our villain, right? Yeah. Javier, uh, the Joker, last decade. I think I think it's Coogs, right? Javier's definitely last. I think because it was because yeah, the Joker, Joker, Joker ain't no villain. We're kind, we're 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 kind of Team Joker as a society now, aren't we? But no, whatever. I, I don't care about that. But I'm saying, yeah, but I, I think I think I think I think that's our guy. I think that's our that's our bad guy. I just you know his last line doesn't make sense because your ancestors what th- your ancestors you, you don't like I, I, I had a thing for this you being sarcastic well just hear me out okay because I'm scared <laughs> your ancestors that didn't die they lived so the people that chose oh, to die yeah because they're just choosing the non wouldn't be your ancestors that, that's what you mean right because they're Wakandans. Because they're people that didn't become slaves, specifically. Yes. <laughs> but he, but yeah, but he's African American. His he said, mom. But is, he said, like my ancestors before me. Well, your ancestors his mom, survived. His mom's side of the family. But you almost convinced but me you're, a piece of shit. Your ancestors survived, so they couldn't have died <laughs> that way. Because then they wouldn't have spread on. 
You know, there was a time a couple of weeks ago we were deciding what movies to make. And John was like, no one wants to hear a white guy talk about the wood nodder over and over again. And I was like, no, John, no, John's right. Fuck you. <laughs> I most, you're, you're so wrong. I mostly did that to piss you off. Anyway, I'm hot. So yeah, Cougs, number two. Cougs. Um, number two for me was documentary. Uh, so I'm on number one. Uh, yeah, I'm, you just did your you did your number two, right? Uh, yeah, I did my number two. So and I'm really glad that um, we didn't say our number ones. Or we didn't steal each other's number ones, unless we both have the same number one. Oh, that would be that would be insane. That this would be insane. Drama, so, right? I uh, I I I uh, I need help, Don. I need help. We might have the same one. My number one is uh, is is stuck in between our two things. You said you're doing this based off your favorites, right? And yes. I'm doing ones off that represent the the decade, right? Ladies and gentlemen, on the stream. I'm going to do it. It's happening for the first time ever. And we've done all these lists. It's a tie. I'm sorry. Oh, you're done I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm saying it's a tie, and I want to explain to me. You can tell me if I'm bullshit. Choose right now in this moment. I want to explain my case. Though, I think right? we might have the one. I think I have one or two. I mean, we listen to a lot of the same podcast, John. Uh, so this is my thing. So when I think of, like Although I said. The one, what, I, the one I picked, I don't think it's talked about enough. Okay. So I want to. So this is my thought process with this. Sure. And we just talked about uh, Fruitvale Station. This is perfect. Representing the decade. There are two sides of it to me. We can represent the decade in terms of what happened in our actual real lives, the things that, that, that happened to the world, yeah. or we can talk about the things that affected our society, our culture. That, so those are, those are the two lenses that I see that through. And okay. the, for that reason, I have these two movies. For society, culture, all that stuff, it's got to be The Social Network. The, the, the Social Network is, is just outrageously good. Okay. And, and I think probably, yes. unfortunately, a better movie than the movie is my other one that describes the real life of this decade. And that is Barry Jenkins' third movie, If Beale Street Could Talk. That's my, that's my pick. That's your pick for number one? Beale Street. <sighs> um, so, I regret calling you racist a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I also picked Beale Street. Uh, real quick, I, I was... Social is, by the way, we should, be, we should say we're talking about the category of drama. Drama, yes. yes. Uh, for me, it was uh, between uh, this and Social Network. And, oh, what? Oh, and, wow. oh, dude. And The Master. Those are the yeah. three. Oh, my God. Yo, are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, whoa. We hang out too much. Whoa. Those, those were my three. Fuck, John. In that order, too? Oh, uh, shit. The Master was number was three. three, yeah. Social Network, two. Yeah. And Beale Street was number one. Did you we say- independently said this. So my LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, on the street. We gotta cut this quick so I can get that credit before Christmas Eve, which we definitely won't. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, wow, yeah, it's exact same for me in that reason, and and for me, um, uh, the master was 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 all was almost one because it's both of those things. It's it's a little it's it's Joaquin Phoenix's real life and then yeah. the culture impact of Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. Wow. But I love let me that. just talk on Beale Street. I think this is a movie that kind of didn't get the respect it deserved, I think. Blue, it was dude, my, what, what honestly, you know it's just because he just won. That's that's gotta be it. Yes. Because if it's so. anything else, people are stupid. Because this but movie then again, is a tra- it's a traditional Oscar movie. But fuck it's that, what they want. It's the fucking shit they want. But fuck that bullshit because Francis Ford Coppola made the Godfather. He follows it up with Apocalypse Now, and people You're agree. low-key describing racism right now. You're low-key describing racism. No, but that's, what, <laughs> yeah. but, but that's <laughs> my point that's exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So yeah, yeah. it's I mean just because it's your second movie, I mean, well, the yeah, movie after you won the rap Oscar album this year, Tyler the Creator Grammys, stop it! I don't. It just well, the Grammys are historically terrible. Crazy. Uh, they okay. never, they yeah, never Street, catch the moment right. B- B- Bill Street is first of all, I love. It's an incredibly beautiful movie. The the close ups, the emotion. It's the movie I was that, like that, that does romance better than any 
piece of art I have ever yes. seen. Better than any love song, better than any yes. movie I've seen. The Beatles, it gets everything. And the and oh. the most recent time I saw, I think I've seen it three times now, is a. Uh, the is that the 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 emotion of the of of both characters face in that last shot oh. is 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 just unlike anything that is that is the equivalent of like what people would call like maybe an ambiguous ending or whatever but it's actually not it is it is actually a happy ending and it took me two yeah. it took me two times i think the second time i saw it i was like oh my god they're they're going to be okay they're actually yeah. they're actually still in love and that's the and that's low key the corniest but like, again most like that's it's a, it's a happy ending and an Oscar movie like stop playing with me guys like, all, it's so good all the scenes of the two together like they're they're that filmmaking is, is unparalleled I've the never seen unfucking parallel I've never movie. seen a sex scene taken in such a gentle Ugh. beautiful way the shadows they're, they're, they're everything below their shoulders is, is essentially pitch black it's incredible i i this the score and, oh, the also my favorite, my, my favorite score of the, of the decade. Oh, not not close. That movie. So, well, ironically, Social Network. One could say that is close, but really not for me. It's it's Bill Street. That's that's and the score listen. I love David Fincher, and that's probably his best movie. Uh, and it's a movie of the Social Network is a movie of dialogue, and this is a movie of close ups and emotion. Yes, there, there, that's, there are that's characters what, in this that's movie. That's what did it for me. Like her, awesome. like her, her father. Like there are characters in this movie who get. They get like monologue bars off in in smiles. Like the dad smiling in yeah. certain scenes of this movie will just make your your heart fill with joy. The sister saying, "I'm I'm, I'm getting emotional right now." Sister like, is great. I, when, yeah. when, when the sister like, says, "Yeah, I feel yeah, I, exactly, literally like when the sister says, uh, like like pick your head up or something, like or like keep your chin up." Yes, it's just like I yeah, literally we gotta talk about something. It, 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 it's happening. It's, it's it's happening behind my eyes. The water. <laughs> Regina King is. Pedro Pascal. Pedro I mean, Pascal's guys, performance. Are, first of all, we are oh. talking about the best Dave Franco performance of the decade. <laughs> he's in onesie. He's, he's he uh he is like a genuine conduit for like Cupid in this movie. No joke. Oh. Da- like like it, it's it's yeah. so it's oh my god. And um I'll save this for oh no we we're, we're talk we'll talk movie moments of the year in another episode. But dude, yeah. her screaming. With happiness after they got the appointment, them being happy in the middle of that street is 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 from a different universe. That is from a different <sighs> planet where only good things happen. I'm like getting emotional. It's crazy. Dude, just talking about that's this what I'm movie. saying. This uh, is two grown men. I think that um the thing about yeah for and this is the reason why I keep I, not I, saying her name. Why am I not saying uh, Kiki Lane? Kiki Lane. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 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 thing that like put it over the top for me and why I decided to be my number one is because like. And like right now, just talking about this movie gets me emotional, and I don't have that reaction normally when I talk no, about movies. Oh, and not just talking about scenes. And I don't. Why, 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 why and when I cry talking about Dave Franco, because no, right? And this, it's not. <laughs> and it's it's not even a movie that's. It's every. I don't. It, the the story around it is what it is, but it's just the emotion you feel. The camera is it. It's like. The close-ups. Bear, so Those Barry close-ups Jenkins, are so extreme and so well Barry shot. Barry has taken what we used ah, to think movies about damn. love have been, and he's like kind of whittled down and gotten rid of all the, the bullshit to make these to make like to to call Moonlight and this and Medicine for Melancholy romance movies undersells them. Yeah, they're, they're almost about like what like the the ways that society thinks love can go right and wrong. They're, 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 they're about ideas so much bigger than love. But what he does as a filmmaker is is so impressive to me because Barry Jenkins is probably the only person on earth, literally, that can do that thing that no one else can, which is describe love. 
He's one of those dudes that you, yeah. you, could, you, you can see his movies and you can see he could put pen to paper and describe something that no one else has ever been able to describe in the world. And, um, I mean, shouts to Stephen James, too. He's fantastic. He had to fight to be in this movie. That this, his, He was not supposed to be in this movie. He had to fight extra hard to do it. And, uh, again, the most recent time that I saw the movie, what clicked for me was his performance. They're both yeah. doing these, like, quasi... Not cheesy, not corny. Obviously, I love this movie. I'm not talking shit, but they're they're both in they're both on a frequency that obviously Barry wants them on. That is yeah. like, and this is my struggling. I'm like this, and I'm a little theater going blah blah blah. And I think Barry Jenkins looks like probably is probably kicking himself for fighting Stephen James on that because what he's what he's doing as a director, smarter than anyone else, Chef's Twenty One Bridges is uh yeah. is using using that part of Stephen James correctly. He's Stephen James is inherently. That go get him, blah blah blah. I'm an actor kind of guy. Yeah. You just have to put him in if Bill Street can talk, and all of a sudden, perfect movie. I I I, I have nothing else to say. I and I'm it. glad because we're not going to be able to do a podcast on if Bill Street can talk. I don't think people would want to hear that for us. So we we, nope. we got our goddamn. Uh, it's the only way we're able Bill to Bill Street can talk tears off, man. Man, I literally almost cried a little bit. That's crazy. I'm going to send you a, a, a someone put. There's a, a really good song that someone used Bill Street to like make the, a fake music video for. That blows my mind. I'll send it to you. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna. Re- let's recap our, uh, our our starting ah, five real quick. Did it? Take it away. Do, 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 I'll do, do, do I'll, your starting five. Buddy. Let me list out my five. Yeah. I got John Wick, Get Out, Minding the Gap, Ryan Coogler, and If Beale Street Could Talk. Beautiful. Oh, so you went director, not uh, movie. Same well, thing. yeah. Ryan Coogler's for Vail Station. For sure. For sure. What I just said made no sense. <laughs> All right. For five, I have Western, and I have uh, my my center, Daphne Keene, coming in. <laughs> Logan. You know what it is. Uh, four is the comedy. Top five. You know what it is. Love, love me some uh, Rosario Dawson. Three, space slash sci-fi with Interstellar. You know what it is. Two, <laughs> uh, Mining the Gap. And of course, one, If Bill Street Could Talk. John, John talked me right on into it. That's crazy. That we Sorry, were... Eisenberg. Oh, but I, what I did want to say about uh, uh, Social Network is uh, yeah. Jesse Eisenberg is, is the forgotten performance. We're, we're going we're gonna to look back and look like dickheads for not giving him that, that trophy. That That's, was, that was wrong. That's going to do it for us this week. Follow us it. on social media. Yes, at the stream bot. I'm done smelling good. <laughs> Next week, what are we doing? Bumblebee, the Haley Steinfeld, John Cena, Transformers movie. It's on Hulu. I don't know why I'm being sarcastic. This movie's good. I haven't seen it. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, follow us on social, like I said already. I already did this. Um. <laughs> post credit scene, John. Your favorite movie moment of the decade. Go. Um, it is the laundromat. It's when um, the guy has a fake of heart the attack. Wait, what? The fake heart attack he has when he's. <laughs> <laughs> by, by Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright. Wright's, <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's fake heart attack's best performance of the year. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's, I don't know what to say next. You put me on the spot. I don't know what to say. All right. Mine's a fucking throne room from Last Jedi. That's a better answer. We'll see you in two weeks. Merry Christmas. Every ride.